Hello, and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. My name is Matt, and this is episode 59, take two. I'm joined today by... So we're, we're going with that? Yes, we are. <laughs> I'm joined today by Travis. Hello, this is me, Travis. And, and Tom. Hello, this is actually Tom, take two. Tom.0 per point two? Tom no, Tom.0 point point Tom point oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, you may have noticed that we haven't had an episode up in a while, Oops. and it was because we did record an episode. Just for ourselves. Yeah, just a just practice <laughs> run, even though we've been doing this for two and a half years. Uh, we recorded an episode reviewing High Life and Dragged Across Concrete, and uh, it was like a two-hour episode, felt good about it, went to save the project in my editing software, and it would not save. So then I spent the next week trying to find a way to save Contemplating it. Contemplating suicide. Yeah, I was on the edge <laughs> the whole time. Uh, could not export it into an MP3 so I could re-import it. Uh, eventually, the last resort was to restart the computer and see if Audacity, the program I use, would recover it. And it did not. So we have our first true lost episode Hmm. Technically, we have re-recorded on one other occasion, but it was yeah. because the sound quality was shit. Because it was my laptop speakers. I and we have it. three or four lost episodes. Yes, hmm. lost episodes are different in that I have the the recordings. Uh, I just don't want to edit them together. If we ever strike it big, maybe we'll release them as a special, like a bonus episode. Bonus Pay a dollar release. to hear us talk about Ghost in the Shell <laughs> from two years, four years ago. It was episodes like seven, eight, nine, or some shit. Have not seen the light of day. It's when we were just, uh, it's the saying, uh, catching our feet. Catching our feet? <laughs> what? <laughs> Getting our sea legs? No. Hit the ground running? <laughs> <laughs> Found our footing. There we go. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Still trying to find our footing. Yes, two yeah. years later. <laughs> I really spiraled, spiraled into a, a pretty deep depression when I when I heard the news about episode 59 1.0. Ooh, it was tough. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, if you think about it, that was really one of the only technical issues outside of, like, some weird, like, scratchiness in the sound quality, which I, I do not know what causes that, and I don't know how to fix it when it happens, but... Got the optimist over here. Yeah. I mm. mean, think about it. I mean, we've done almost 60 episodes, and that's the first time we just, like, lost the whole fucking thing. You know what I mean? It's true. Could be could be worse. Count our wins. I think we should write in to Audacity. <laughs> I want my money back. Yeah, for your free, I want my your free program. I want my file back. <laughs> what kind of recovery system is this bullshit? Uh, you guys are trash. Well, so here we are, episode fifty nine. The reviews are going to be different because in the time since the biggest movie ever. Well, not yet. Ever. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah, you're probably right, but. <laughs> Adjusted for inflation, we'll see. Have you guys seen that on your left meme? <coughs> oh, yeah. For Endgame. What's like Thanos or something? Wait. No. I'm thinking of a different one. Uh, remember in Civil War, or uh, it could be Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, where Captain America is like running to open the movie, and he's like, on your left, when <laughs> he passes people. They do that, but they have they have uh, Avengers Endgame sitting right beneath Avatar for most money made. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. So, yeah, Avengers Endgame. That's going to be the big review on the show this week. But we're also going to be talking about extremely wicked 
shockingly evil evil and and vile. So uh, we'll get to that. And maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll touch on High Life a little bit. We had a pretty interesting conversation. It's probably that that movie has probably. Yeah, and I have a second chance at my star rating. I'm excited about that. <laughs> the movie at this point has probably came and went. At this point, you know, like because with the end game coming out, it probably oh, got yeah. sweeped out of High theaters. Got but we're gonna not to play our cards too early, but we got to hype people up for the uh, the Blu-ray release, mm. the uh, inevitable yes. Oscar talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know which <laughs> performance <laughs> to nominate. Uh, no, I don't think any of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we do that, though, uh, what's been going on? As far as the listeners are concerned, they haven't heard from us in like oh, three and a half weeks. Well, let's touch on the important stuff then. You maxed out your Apex uh, Legends Battle <laughs> I Pass. Did. Yep, I finished my, my Battle Pass. Yep, got the Gold Havoc in mm. hand. Pretty dope. So mm. why 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 bother? Why are you still playing? Because uh, it's a fun game. <laughs> Got to get better. Got to be the best. Got to catch them all. All that good stuff. Okay. Um, I went to New York. I don't know if I said that on the, I don't the Lost episode. I think so. I don't think it happened previous. Yet. But yeah, I got a surprise invitation to Tribeca Film Festival in New York. Um, spent a long weekend there. Saw Chelsea's uncle's new film that he produced, directed by Mark Weber. Uh, called The Place of No Words. Maybe I'll touch on that a little bit later. Saw Elijah Wood's new movie there as well. Um, did some touristy stuff in New York. Walked a lot. Spent a lot. Almost missed my plane back home. Um, mm-hmm. For real? Did you like try to get to the airport too late or something? Or? Yeah, it was me being dumb. I like thought our flight was at 7, but we actually... Did you know they have something called time zones no no no, it wasn't that it was just me (laughs) being dumb i had already adjusted to the time zone but yes that is a thing um but anyways thanks for clarifying the time zones i thought that our flight was at seven get there at five but it actually was flight at five get there at probably like three how do you how do you fuck that up you fuck up by thinking that your arrival time is five when your flight time is five Right, but I don't know. Like, I'm the type of traveler where, like, a week ahead of time, I'll, like, pull up the confirmation in my email, mm. confirm what time it is, and then I'll be like, right. yeah, is it really that time, though? I need to double check, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's the kind of that's the kind of traveler I am. On the way there, super prepared. Way home, wasn't really thinking about it. The day before was kind of crazy, a lot of day drinking. You know, flight home is not on the top of my mind. Mm-hmm. Day of the flight... Trying to cram, trying to get as much. So when did you realize your mistake? Like the perfect moment. It was like... Like 3.30? Holy fuck, yeah. Like we need to get back to our Airbnb, pack it up, and skedaddle. And our Uber driver was a PIMP. Yeah. He got us there like in no time. Luckily, TSA line wasn't bad. Everything was gravy, but it was a little stressful and intense leading up to it i was gonna mm-hmm. say like only giving yourself two hours like your plan was to give yourself two hours right yeah. at one of the busiest airports in the world yes it is i would have given <laughs> myself like probably two and a half maybe three hours just because i would rather yeah. be sitting around mm-hmm. for an hour and a half than be stressed as fuck waiting in a line you know yep. what i mean like yeah so glad you made it <laughs> me too 
I've never been to New York City. New York was awesome. When I go, what's something I have to do? Mm, walk around a bunch. You got to go to Times Square. Walk across the Brooklyn Bridge. Maybe one of the other bridges. I only did the one. So I saw the Statue of Liberty from a distance. Mm-hmm. Maybe go hold do your that. mic closer to your mouth, bud. Um, Still green. Yep. Or whatever color you want to call it. Call what grass? No, the Statue of Liberty. No. <laughs> it's not quite green, is it? It's, it's ca- kind of like an off green or like a teal turquoise type color. Teal? Mm. What? Really? It's a little. I, mean, I haven't seen it. It's a little, got a little so. bit of a blue gray. It's a, it's a little gray, oxidized blue. at this point. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it started out bronze. No, it didn't. Check yeah. it. Check the it. statue, like the well, I can't remember if it's bronze. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's bronze. The color, well, sure, but was like, are you saying the original Earth. color was like a bronze color? I mean, it was mm-hmm. made of. Mm-hmm. Actually, that makes sense. The uh, the image of that documentary series, America, the history of us, or whatever. The Statue of Liberty is, I think, bronze and on the cover. Oh, yeah, shit. this just happened over time. Guess I never thought about it. Yeah. Uh, when it showed up, it eat was some pizza, really pretty. Um, <laughs> oh, it's copper. Take a subway. Yeah, copper. Like, I mean, we we kind of just barely scratched the surface. We went to Central Park. We walked like half of it. That's kind of when we realized we had to get home. Get back to the Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> Did you call like a like a horse uh, no. Uber or something? Like some dude on <laughs> yeah. a horse just like, hop on. I'll get you to your Uber. We just raced through Central Park on horseback. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just like in the movies. It like an like, elf? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, lots of stuff to do, though. It was I could go on, but let's uh, get to the show. Cool. Tom, anything you got for us? Mm. I went to Vancouver, but I don't have a lot to say about it. That was a work. Like, uh, you were there for work, yeah, I was right? there for a really short amount of time. Had you been to Vancouver before? Yeah, one time. Sarah and I went there for an anniversary. It's really nice. It's a cool city. Um, and this weekend is Mother's Day. Both my mothers are in town, so that'll be fun. Thanks for the reminder. Mm-hmm. Yep. Keep it in the back of your brain. <laughs> Sunday. It's going to be huge. Oh, here's a picture plans for of what Day? the Statue of Liberty looked like <clears throat> in 1886. Way better. Mm, I think I like the green version better. Yeah. Green is better. What? That looks like trash. Yeah. Wait, did you guys just like money or something? It's made. It looks like it's made out of pure gold. It looks like it's. What is wrong of, with that? That makes makes it look like it's we're made not out of an pennies. indulgent people, Tom. I'm offended by a gold so, statue. So how did it? Why or how did it change? Exposure to oxygen. So I was right. You know when you're going through like and you see all those Capitol buildings <laughs> like in Olympia just... <laughs> and they're green on top and in Vancouver they have the same ones. It's like green building tops. What for green? The Olympia, like same the color, whatever you want to call it, same color as the Statue of Liberty. I don't know, actually, if it's in Olympia. I sort of... Uh, oh, I, I yeah, it on that I one. think I know what you're talking about. Anyway, those are all, you know, copper or bronze. I think bronze is the same thing. I could be wrong. I have no idea. We're not scientists. We've confirmed that copper does this. Interesting. Well, copper turns into a beautiful... I would call it turquoise. That looks like a turquoise. Maybe like a light turquoise, maybe? Hmm. Matt, care to take a stab at the, the color of? <laughs> oh, right there. That's uh, like a mix between mint and green. baby blue. 
Baby mint. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Baby blue mint. Coming soon from Ben and Jerry's. That's a stupid joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all for me. Um, I don't think I have anything. I've just been, you know. Oh, I'm playing God of War, and speaking of things that look good, the first one, God of War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first God of War looks great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> holds up that HD remaster. <laughs> no. Yeah, I want to come back. I want to come back to God of War. I'm playing uh, Persona Five, which I'm loving. By the way, I mean, that game's great. And uh, MLB The Show 19, nice first baseball game I played since the N64 Griffey baseball games. Loving it. My Mariners are currently seventeen and two. You ever played triple play back then? It was like triple play. Huh? It was the EA Sports version, like probably early two thousands. I never was into sports games except mm. for Madden, but it was like a very brief time. So like I, I was super into two K oh five, like the ESPN. Oh, like yeah. that football game was amazing with your crib. Yes, Fuck that yeah. was amazing. You go through like first person quarterback mode. That was pretty cool. I used to play as Michael Vick, and then just fucking like that game, first person. That game was good, and it was cool. It was only twenty bucks. That was yes. the main selling. Point. My grandma got me that for Easter. Yeah, that's <laughs> you, a great Easter. Game. You probably yes. could have adjusted the sliders, but thinking back, that game was like way too easy to sack the quarterback. Do you remember that? I like, Javon Curse was a fucking monster in that game. <laughs> like in a season, over 100 sacks, easy. Jesus. So you're playing the computer, though. Yeah, but still. It's still. It's not, I like pref- you, it's not like you control your offensive lineman when you're a user player. I prefer those days as a user player because nowadays I play Madden and it's like I get like one sack a game like i want i love in sports games i love seeing the number like 10 sacks in a game so you like that hit NFL six Blitz home runs with version. yeah totally okay. <laughs> <laughs> but i still want it to feel like a sim not like an arcade game yeah but i still want to like open a can of whoop ass mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying right mm-hmm. i know yeah. what you're talking about so i'm not getting that from the show i'm enjoying it but i'm playing like i have the setting on rookie which is like there's a beginner and you've lost rookie. the game yeah. <laughs> oh my God. He told me the record of his season. No, you just said it, 17 and 2. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Just like, I just, I don't know. Well, it was pretty early on. Okay. But yeah, you probably got it. the mechanics down. You might be able to bump up the difficulty. Batting is tough. Like, you hit it, it and just hit tough. it straight to a fielder or a ground ball to the first baseman. Or Baseball or games foul. haven't been the same since they started to hit the, like, next-gen consoles. They've gotten way too complicated and, like, Way too focused on pitching, where it's not necessarily like a like a batter's game. It's like a pitcher's game. I love the pitching, though. I, I have a lot of fun doing the pitching. I get frustrated with the batting and also the fielding. Maybe I just like haven't looked close enough at like the controls or something. But it seems like I don't really have much control over my like defensive players. Like I can't initiate a dive. That I found because back back in the old days when I played Griffey, I would just fucking dive like twenty feet and catch a ball in the outfield, you know? Yeah. Like it just seems like it's mostly automated. Maybe it's because uh, I'm playing on like a rookie difficulty that it removes like probably. the nuance, or maybe it's mostly automated because you essentially just like run to a spot, like you can see where the ball is going to end up, so you yeah. just like, and then your like player the does the rest, you know? Yeah. Um. 
Man, video game baseball sounds Riveting. just as boring as real baseball. No way, dude. It's the best sport there is. So with pitching, is it like um, it's like Street Fighter 2, like up, up, down, <laughs> half, quarter turn? <laughs> there's got to be like a meter, right? It's so they like t- like there's like four different options. Yeah, so the one that I use, it's a meter. So you like hit the button, meter goes up. You hit the button when it's at the top of the meter for like velocity, and then it swings back really quick. And there's like a tiny oh, yeah. window that represents accuracy. I hate those little timing things. I don't usually like it, but I don't it's know. like a field goal kick. Yeah, in like Madden. in Madden. Yeah, it's it's similar to that. Garbage. <laughs> no way. Anyway, I'm sure this fucking baseball simulator talk is riveting, but Hell yeah. <laughs> we should probably move on. Anything else before we dive into Avengers Endgame? No, but we should probably find some time for Game of Thrones. That's true. You know what? Let's just go ahead and do that right now. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Because we did talk about Game of Thrones on the Lost episodes. That's true. And there are now four episodes of Game of Thrones that have come out. So if you have not watched Game of Thrones and you are concerned about it being spoiled. Which you should be. I'm in that camp, so should I leave? You shouldn't be fucking <laughs> waiting until the show is finished when it's like the biggest cult. Like, we're probably not going to have a like a cultural like entertainment phenomenon for tv like this just because it's so saturated at this point you know what i mean can you think of a single show that has even come close to what game of thrones has done yeah that was fucking 15 years ago bro you asked you you asked (laughs) (laughs) sopranos i avoided spoilers then 20 years ago breaking bad watch it in full and i feel like breaking bad doesn't it doesn't doesn't match the game of thrones ouch no, no, no. I, Breaking Bad is a much better <laughs> show than Game of Thrones. That's I'm just saying, like, That's all I need it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, everyone watches Game of well, Thrones. Well, when I I dressed up as Walter White for Halloween one year, and I went to Freak Night, which is like a huge rave party concert in Seattle, mm-hmm. and I thought no one would know who I was, but I was like a celebrity. Wait, who were you? Walter, Walter White. White. Oh, Walter like season White, yeah. three, season four, Breaking Bad. But I was like, is this show that big? I don't know. They probably thought you were selling But math. when I showed up in the hazmat suit, the shaved head, the goatee, the glasses, it was like, had to push people off of me. <laughs> <laughs> get so many picture requests. It was... Was the club unreal. owner like, yo, VIP, get in here. It was at Wamu. It was like... Oh. Too saturated and big. But it was like every five or ten seconds, like, oh, can I get a picture? I'm like... Sure. <laughs> After a while, I got kind of old, but not mm. gonna lie, it was pretty cool. Did you have a bag of like um, those rocks you put in the bottom of an aquarium? I thought about getting like blue rock candy, but just didn't time it right. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to get hassled too much by the uh, yeah, security. security. <laughs> Is this uh, candy meth? What's going on? So, real quick. Starting now, Game of Thrones, if you don't want to hear about it, check the show notes. I'll put a little disclaimer in there for Game of Thrones spoilers. Travis, get fucked. Go play around Apex. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I feel like the writing on that last episode, episode four, they're really doing a disservice to the characters. Like, Which characters in particular? Uh, Sansa and Arya, Daenerys. Like, it seems like it's just moving way too fast. Mm-hmm. Like, this has kind of been an issue in the past couple seasons, mm-hmm. but, like, so as an example... Daenerys has taken this turn 
a little a little hot. She's coming in hot with these weird attitudes. And it's like same with Sansa. They're playing their car. It seems or like it's obvious what they're trying to do, right? Because Daenerys was such a a fan favorite, and now she's kind of turning. They're kind of trying to make her out to be like a power hungry. Like warmonger, kind of similar to Rhaegar, who was the the Mad King, or was it Rhaegar? Something like that. You know, like they're kind of progressing toward the perception, at least for me, anyway, is that she doesn't seem fit to be a ruler anymore. Some of the shit she's saying and the way she's reacting to stuff, the paranoia. You know what I mean? Like, still good though. It's well, good. That was a good episode. Okay, so. The, the dragon shit, like oh, in the gosh. scene literally right before they go to King's Landing, she yeah. makes some comment about how, like, I can't remember exactly what the words were, but, like, Cersei is going to be, like, expecting us or something like that, so we need to be careful. And then she has dragons. You'd think she would scout ahead more, but she basically is flying super low to the ground, turns a corner, and, uh-oh, it's the Iron Fleet. I think they the just didn't know that they down. had those... those uh weapons what like a like a not a catapult but a trebuchet no um, no no. trebuchets are the i don't know in in age of empires 2 it was a scorpion <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was just i thought that was so s- stupid like how would she not know like that's what supplies super up high you can see those how the fact that they got ambushed like that when yeah. you have a dragon yeah that's pretty weak it's fucking stupid all right, let's not get into the technical elements of these movies because you're just gonna get all worked up. Movies about or these? On, well, they might as well be there. Ninety minutes. The you know the strategies no. that they do. It's you're just gonna you're gonna hurt. <laughs> it's good TV. It, There's a lot of drama. A lot happened in the episode, setting up are some you crazy a, wild stuff. Are you a GOT apologist? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It it's flipping. Like the narrative it. is flipping pretty hard. On, I know. Give it to Give it to How are they not going to? Like, they, of course that was going to happen. They had way too much to get done with way too little time. Well, I don't know why they did this. It's because they got ahead of the books, and ever since they did that, it's Whoops. been pretty mixed. No. Starting with season six was the first season where they were kind of going off script, you know? Yeah, but there was, was some a good, good stuff in season six, but there was also some fucking boring shit. Never in betray six. the George R.R. R. Martin. The Germ. I think I world. might read the books after this is done. <laughs> oh, the books are great. But anyway, um, and then there was a the whole fiasco with the extra dark, dark episode. Although, I went back and watched it after they fixed their shit. Did and you it calibrate the, your TV? I did. In the. In, when I watched it the first time. Second time I did too, but I didn't really need to. Actually, I got to hear you guys weigh in on this. The, the Starbucks coffee cup. Let's oh, oh I don't God. give a fuck. I don't I care. don't either. <laughs> I also cares? didn't notice when I was watching. Yeah, so me either. Oh, man. Even in the picture, you can barely tell mm-hmm. it's a Starbucks cup. Mm-hmm. But it is pretty funny. I Get know. over it. Who fucking cares? Like that the continuity fact that that was... oh, Yikes. That's not even the first time that's happened <laughs> yeah, in Game I, of Thrones. I, I, think... I saw that. It's happened twice. What a sin. I think I'd be upset worse. more if I yes. wasn't constantly seeing like pictures of of uh uh what's Jon Snow's name? Jon Snow? No, 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 the actor. Oh, uh Kit Harrington. Yes. I'm always seeing pictures of him wearing like Wearing Amelia Clark's wig and uh, Arya Stark and Sansa like glowing like to the club the together stuff, and stuff yeah. like that. Like uh, my my immersion has been broken for a long time. 
this is just a this is just an event. So now. you're okay with Starbucks cups in? <laughs> yeah, they might as well just be holding them Winter while they're like or... lining up outside the castle. <laughs> 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 like Daenerys might as well just come out of a trailer and then just hop on her dragon. Uh, well, what else? So, what else in in episode four? What else happened that was cool? Gendry got named uh, the head of. Was the dark fight cool though? It was. Was it disappointing or like? No, it was a good fight. It was a good fight. It was it hard even... to see though, because like yes, but that was the intention. No, you could get you could get what what you were saying. You just had to really squint at it. Um. I think a lot of people were frustrated that like a lot of major characters. Do you think it was warranted though? That's the thing. Like, what? Do, do you agree with the cinematographer's choice or whoever's choice it was to shoot it? So Rene, when I rewatched it, yes. When okay. did they fix the the? Because what was the issue? HBO chose the wrong. It's like a streaming thing. So you take uh, you have to, you have to yeah, format they, to streaming. I mean, when you look, they at stuff, broadcast it improperly. They didn't film it or produce it in the way that they didn't want to. They made it how they wanted to, and then it got sent out incorrect right but on, not only that like when you stream stuff even if you have like an hdr television when you're streaming it the 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 darks like if it, like the, when it's really dark mm-hmm. black you can see like the pixels Got super yeah. you know what i mean yeah. super chunky so it was it was that's the worst i don't think it was too dark i mean do, do, did you watch it when it was dark outside? Because it was still kind no, of light out when I watched it. That was an issue, too. it got really dark outside, it was a lot easier to watch. It probably would have been great if I was watching it. In, but you know, it was, like, all that aside, it was a little messy. Uh, I don't think it's even the best battle scene that Game of Thrones has had. Let about alone, the Red Wedding? I think Battle of the Bastards is still better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Battle of the Bastards was amazing. Is that a thing? What Red Wedding? Yeah, it is. It's not really a battle so much as like a. Who cares? Dude, the Red Wedding is like one of the best things that's ever happened in television. I think. I think that's what I was actually going to compare it to. I think a lot of fans were upset that there weren't more deaths in the battle scene of episode three, but it they would have been lost lost in the shuffle if you just killed off a bunch of people because it was such an overwhelming battle that it would have been like, you know, wouldn't have had the the intimacy that the red wedding had but you right but you can also deal with the consequences of said death in the follow-up episode after the battle i mean they kind of do that in episode four anyway but they're doing it for super minor characters you can but i don't think you're given those characters their due if they just go out in a big in a big thing i don't think it has to just be like i mean think about this so boromir in Fellowship of the Ring. Oh my god. When he goes out. What a death. That's, yeah, right? Like, you can still have, like, impactful moments like that in a battle scene. Yeah. The problem was you that. You do it for all of them, though. The, the what? You can only do it for, like, one or two. And well, they did. Sure. I wasn't so much upset about that. What was annoying was that they did show a lot of major characters in what. We're seemingly like mortal situations. <laughs> and then everybody survived except for, I mean, we don't have to name the names, but yeah. the characters who did die, not that important. No, you know what I mean? So coming like a sh- with, for a show that has a history of like, I wouldn't even call it shock value. It's just like good writing and entertainment value yeah. to be able to like, you never know who's safe. You know what I mean? At this point, I feel like they haven't, taken any risks in the past season or two that i am no longer concerned that they're actually going to kill off 
major characters. Like, I kind of feel like they're yeah. setting this up so that there's one person in particular who's going to get her comeuppance, and the other major characters, save for maybe one or two in the finale, is like your the big emotional thing. I don't think we're going to see any other major characters get killed off, which is yeah. it's frustrating. Suffering from a little Marvel syndrome, little MCU syndrome. Yeah, the, well, because it's also they're all the writers are going off script. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like. George R. R. Martin was not afraid to kill off characters. Now that the show is the most popular thing that the fucking TV industry's ever seen, you know, it's like they're reluctant to be daring. And there's also like he's oh, not a consultant on the this season or anything like that. I don't think he ever really was. I don't think so. I mean, he gets like a producer credit, but I don't know how involved because i don't think he even knows how the story ends yeah yeah you know what i mean um okay, we should probably move on George but i want to say one other thing <laughs> what is that one of my bigger disappointments is the um cersei and co they're a pretty lame group they're not very interesting sound lame um cersei is a very compelling character but she's hardly been in the show for the last two seasons and um and uh the uncle guy with the iron fleet they're just the you're lame, on gray joy they're just the lamest group like they're not interesting the soldiers aren't interesting the whole pirate swagger feels like super out of place mm-hmm. to me and um who cares about a big uh a big fleet of ships i really couldn't give a shit i want to see like knights you know and there's no like jamie well we don't know what's gonna happen in the next episode but there's no jamie there to kind of give you like a complex complex feelings for that side of the wall there's no interesting like narrative conflict no, you just hate everybody side. who's on that side you want them all to die and, you and that's care. the problem like it's become <laughs> it, like unless they do something crazy to subvert expectations it's pretty clear what they're heading toward at this point. Yeah. Sansa is going to be warden of the North. Jon Snow is going to sit on the Iron Throne. Daenerys is going to try and do some shit. She's going to get herself oh, fucking whoop. killed. Oh, yeah. She is. Cersei's <laughs> fucking done. You know what I mean? Like, I hope the show in the last two episodes has some tricks up its sleeve, but I am not optimistic. Two more episodes, eh? Dose. But granted, it's three hours of, of done, show. Done, but. done with this. Series. No more. They should make Game the last episode five five hours. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> a whole season, a whole day. It's twelve hours. I am a little confused. But they are doing a spinoff, right? Or There's like, like currently like... three Game of Thrones spinoff shows in Barf. production. Bar three. <laughs> Come on, the GOTCU. Are you guys hitting on all three? Uh, it depends on what they are. I don't know what the concepts are for them. That's There's going to be so LOL lame. or light. Yeah, that's, that's a joke. Yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to say that. <clears throat> okay, we should probably move on to the next thing. But yeah, we just killed all of our listeners. <laughs> it's just all dropped off. Okay, so let's move on. So we're going to dive into big review. Big, huge, huge review. Biggest one all year, probably. The biggest review we've ever done that any podcast has ever done, I think, really. It's true. Bigger than the Dark Knight. Confirmed. Hate to say it, but the facts are there. Avengers Endgame. Facts are facts. We have a clip. <laughs> Undeniable. Let's listen. For years, I've been treating the Hulk like he's some kind of disease, something to get rid of. But then I start looking at him as the cure. 18 months in the gamble. I put the brains and the brawn together. 
And now look at me. Best of both worlds. Excuse me, Mr. Hulk? Yes. Can we can we get a photo? 100% little person. Come on, step up. Do you mind? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Say green. 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 Did you get that? That's good. Do you want to grab one with me? I'm oh, Ant-Man. They're Hulk fans. Wait, they don't know no, Ant-Man. No. Oh, he nobody feels bad. Does. Nobody does. No, he wants you. I he wants to take a picture with them. <laughs> yeah, look, sure? he's even saying no, he doesn't. I but get come it. Come on, the kid. I don't want it but, either. But you, I don't want a picture with them. But you, he's going to feel bad. Sorry. They're happy to. They said they'll do it. I don't do want to. I don't want to. No, you feel bad. Okay, Avengers Endgame. The culmination of 11 years... 22 films have led to this moment. Plot synopsis reads, After the devastating events of Avengers Infinity War, the universe is in ruins. With the help of remaining allies, the Avengers assemble once more in order to undo Thanos' actions and restore order to the universe. Directed by the Russo brothers, film stars the Avengers. Not even going to bother reading this cast list. You know who's in this fucking movie. So. Green Lantern. This is kind of inarguably the biggest cinematic event that we have ever seen. It's smashing box office records. There have been, like I said, 22 films leading up to this. Was Avengers Endgame a satisfying conclusion to Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to these past 11 years? Were you guys satisfied by how everything kind of culminated with this film? That is a loaded question, Matthew. Um, Were you satisfied? Ultimately (laughs) satisfied? No. And I don't think anything could satisfy... On the level that this movie is dealing with. On the level that this movie promises. Yes. Yeah. I don't think you can wow me enough to satisfy how many ever years in 22 films. But with that said, it was entertaining. It was enjoyable. um, Somewhat satisfying. Again, I don't think you can satisfy on the level that they're trying to satisfy on. Um, A little predictable. Um, but so was Infinity War to an extent. Yeah, um, up until the end. Yeah, and then the end happened, and you were like, "Well, yeah, yeah, we know what's gonna happen." But still, yeah. And in this day and age, I feel like this is the only like time that something like this would be possible, or like now or in the future. But like, is this a elaborate play on words? No. (laughs) But at the same time, um, because we know of, like, future sequels or, like, the direction or, like, all of that, like, you can kind of fill in the gaps before you even see this. Like, you you know that certain characters aren't going to die, and you can kind of guess certain characters are going to die. And that's all I'll say for now about deaths. Um, It also just felt like a redo of infinity war and i feel like there should have been a little bit more action if we're talking about the finale three hour avengers saga blah 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 um yeah thought there were some good moments didn't like most of the humor though that's definitely an issue i have with these movies and 
even like the last jedi it's like trying way too hard to like throw in jokes and don't need it in these in either franchise (laughs) i uh, you can finish but i just wanted to say i feel like this movie did that the least of some of the more recent marvel movies like there was force there was force was pretty heavy with humor and I don't. I, I don't thought the think humor so. was fine. I just don't. I just don't buy humor in these. Uh, this movie especially with like, it's just hard to believe that characters would just throw off these little like one-liners or like you know little jokes when like the stakes of this movie is like as high as they are. Sure. Like it just doesn't warrant for like a state of like, haha, we're just having a good old time. I mostly agree. <laughs> Most of those were clunkers. Like Don Cheadle. Had a couple that I thought were like, what are you His doing, character sucks. Yeah, fuck War Machine. Get, Get that War guy Machine out, here. out. It doesn't but do anything. He made like a like a nacho cheese joke or something. I can't remember the specifics, but m- maybe we can come back to that because he's making fun of a character. They do something kind of interesting, maybe a little bit controversial with one of the characters. Are we talking about the character that I think you're talking about? Uh, who else <laughs> could I be? Who else could I be talking about? Controversial? Yeah. The, dude, the movie's got some heat. I'm talking about Thor. I'm talking about Thor. Controversial, really? Yes. Interesting. I haven't heard anything about his character and how it's controversial. Uh, people say it's fat shaming. Oh my god. We are living in 2019 though, so <laughs> all bets are off. We can we can circle back around to that, but I want to let you finish. Did you was there anything else for your, your I'm gonna let you finish. No, that's about it for now. Um, ultimately liked it, but. I'm always going to be somewhat of a hater, so, you know. Mm-hmm. We gotta, know. Got to take my jobs where I can. We'll, okay. we'll get into it a bit more. How about, okay, I'm going to propose this. The three of us give our general impressions. Once we do that, let's All just go into spoilers. Off. Let's just go into spoilers. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is a movie that I feel like. Should we just start ratings? Well, after we give our general impressions, yes. In between. Yeah, and then we'll give our yeah. star ratings, Phase and then two. we're going to get into the nitty, shitty gritty. Do we have okay. a chance to redo our star ratings after the spoiler talk? The postmortem? <laughs> no. And am- am- amend okay. your star rating? I have to see it again? Yeah, you have to watch it a second time. <laughs> okay. Should you want me to go, or you want to go, Tom? Uh, Go ahead. Go for it. So... You had mentioned that there was no way that they could possibly fulfill expectations. Nope. I can't imagine them doing a better job than they did with this movie. Yes, there are issues with it. Yes, there are issues with it. I'm not saying it's a perfect movie. But there are so many callbacks, like meaningful callbacks to the history of the Marvel Universe that I found emotional, I found entertaining, I thought a lot of the choices were smart. The fact that the first like 45 minutes to an hour of this movie is essentially just dealing with grief, like the aftermath of the events of Infinity War, I found way more interesting than set pieces. Like the meaningful character moments in this movie I thought were fantastic. The big battle sequence, I couldn't give a fuck. I thought it was kind of muddy, not very interesting, but you can call it pandering. And there were a couple moments. There's definitely that I some fan servicey moments. Yes, absolutely. But I didn't. I don't know. The movie made me realize that I'm a lot more attached to these characters in these movies than I thought I was. Not that I was like a blubbering mess the whole time, but I just. I don't know. There were so many smart character moments that had impact on me, and then I thought 
were surprising. There are things about the movie that are predictable, but I do think they did a lot of very interesting things. There were only a couple moments where I was like, this is fucking dumb. This is stupid. You know what I mean? Like, I you thought. You can still see the machine at work, though, right? Oh, totally. But you can, <laughs> but that doesn't mean on an emotional level that I, like, I can't imagine a world in which they could do a better job than what they did. Because like you said, we're dealing with 11 years of of baggage. I feel like your expectations aren't high enough then. Like... I loved the movie. My expectations were pretty high. For me personally, I feel like Endgame should have blew me away and it didn't blow me away. Like, it should be like a Dark Knight type experience or like a Mad Max Fury Road type experience where like, you're just like, holy shit... My mind is being blown right now. This movie is just like a redo of Infinity War. Sure, it's paying off stuff that's like, you know, in the making of 10 or 11 years. But at the end of the day, it's still like something that is like mostly for like box office reasons. And like, I don't know, it just felt like a it just felt like a do over of Infinity War. Like it's just like. Infinity War 2.0. Like, we get a second try at this. And that's basically what the plot or the story of the movie is. And we just get to see that play out. So, on a general level, sure. But I think, specifically, I think the way it actually plays out is, is way different than in, than Infinity War. I mean, we can get into some of the specifics with yeah. the, how they do that in the plot. But I don't think it's actually that similar other than they're trying to reverse the actions of infinity war it involves the infinity stones and but get, even you know. like the big main fight felt just like a rehash of infinity war um i mean i see where you're to coming from yeah <laughs> i will say the big fight is my least favorite part of the movie uh, a couple moments withstanding like there was some pretty cool shit in that that we can come back to later but yeah that was the stuff i was least interested in was the big battle against thanos's army you know what i mean i mean i thought it was a cool scene and had some cool moments but like i said i just i feel like like this is kind of weird to say and i don't necessarily fully mean it but i feel like they kind of set themselves up for failure like we're gonna build this huge thing and try and pay it off in one movie and like I guess it just didn't quite satisfy on that level. Sure. Like it was satisfying and it was still entertaining and a good movie and I liked moments of it, but like ultimately it just didn't deliver. Kind of like The Dark Knight Rises. Like it didn't top The Dark Knight and like you were kind of hoping or wanting it to because it's the end of the trilogy, but it just didn't quite hit. That's fair. I mean, you bring up The Dark Knight. I feel like that movie is only as well regarded as it is because of Heath Ledger's Joker performance. I don't know. It's not that amazing. Like, I no love The Dark Knight. got some great action. I love The Dark Knight. But no, some of the action, like the hand-to-hand combat sequences, okay. Nolan can't film. Okay. We don't need to get into that. I'm okay. just saying, like, you're acting like The Dark Knight was, like, the most mind-blowing thing anyone's ever as seen. As far as superhero movies go... Yes. But it hinges almost exclusively on Heath Ledger's performance. I disagree. That's what makes the movie, That's at least for me anyway. It's a big part of what makes that movie great. But I still feel like just the, the scope of it and like how he like basically put superheroes in the real world was like something kind of different we haven't seen before. Like even Batman Begins has like a, 
a Gotham or like you know like I don't know it's like set type aesthetic where it's like not the real world. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, come on the the semi and the the whole like tunnel, the bat pod, the yeah, that's just that's cool great. action sequences. Yeah, it's like great. <laughs> Okay, Tom, <laughs> it's your turn. Uh, I kind of agree with both of you, actually, with a lot of what both of you said. I agree with Travis that I think for me this movie is limited by what it is, um, which is a superhero movie. But I have liked other superhero movies more, like uh, Thor Ragnarok. I still liked more. Spider-Man Homecoming, I still probably liked more. Um, Wonder Woman, I liked more. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think about that. <laughs> they're, they're close. <laughs> um, but, but I think for some reason, it's just like this movie, there were so many boxes that I knew they were going to have to check, and then they checked those boxes. But they, it's, like, it's like this movie had 10 boxes that it had to check, and Spider-Man Homecoming had two boxes I had to check. Right, sure. You know, so it's like you, you, can, you can throw those boxes away, and then I could be surprised and have a really good time with the whole rest of the movie. Whereas this one, it was like, okay, there... But I agree with you. I thought it was a totally different tone to the movie. I thought it was a different approach, and I really liked it. Um, I really liked what they did. But it was still following the procedure that i expected it would it would follow ultimately sure um but i'm really glad that i watched winter soldier and civil war before this movie because otherwise i really wouldn't have given a fuck (laughs) Uh, but i found some of those scenes like surprisingly touching um some of those character moments and i also thought it was interesting just the choice for how you know certain characters ended up with each other which ones would be paired up that kind of thing um yeah i thought it was a really i thought it was a good movie a really good movie but not in my pantheon and definitely didn't like blow me away it was just sort of like oh good that's over with and it happened the way i always knew it would (laughs) (laughs) pretty much like you would just expect something like endgame to blow you away or blow your mind because it is the finale of something so grand but yeah, I think you pretty much summed up how I feel. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. When you look at the broad strokes, it pretty much played out the way that I thought it would. But in the details, which I think are what matter, it didn't follow the trajectory that I expected it to. And it was able to uh, pay service to previous films in the franchise mm-hmm. while also setting up the future of the franchise. Delivering oh, they nailed it. Good I, character I think they moments. nailed it, but I just... I don't know. It's kind of like nailing it was like minimum expectation. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like we need to get into the, into the mud on this one. So... Uh, are you guys down? Any of the other points you want to throw out there before we do star ratings and then just dive right into the spoilers? No. No. Okay. I rated this movie a five. Ridiculous. Loved it. Bonus points. It's not. <laughs> it's still not my favorite Marvel movie. It's Is probably it your favorite of the year. No. Uh. Uh-uh. It's number two. 
so right far so far this year concrete yeah <laughs> and uh, uh velvet buzzsaw yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i rated it five stars it's like it's like a light five like i gave it five stars because when i compare it to the rest of the marvel universe which i do You're enjoy some quite bonus a bit, points come on and I thought I was incredibly satisfied by it. Do I think it's like a high piece of art? No. But as a comic book fan, as a fan of some of the characters specifically, like I can't imagine being more satisfied than I was knowing the machinations of like the Disney Man, I'm so disappointed. Complex. Like you I should expect more. What more? I had, what my expectations weren't that high. I didn't think it was going to be some earth-shattering revelation. It be, though it's, it's a Disney game. movie. It's dog, you know, it's twenty-two movies, ten years, whatever. They didn't the have fucking like they don't have fucking Terrence Malick directing. They don't have like an like it's just like fucking jobbers. Disney's telling them what to do. Maybe they can put their little creative spin on it, but it's all part of a plan. At least you're honest. Given how like corporate <laughs> honest and how premeditated this whole fucking thing is, mm, mm, keep going. There's a lot. Like I was pretty <laughs> satisfied with it, knowing that it was all you know years and years and years in the making. Disney executives saying this. Did you cry? That. Yes. God. I do need of to. Of course, add I cried, Travis. Of course, I cried. <laughs> I need to add a complaint about this movie. Did you cry, Tom? Before we do our star ratings? No, probably after. Just it's the first Did thing. Did you cry, Tom? Okay. Did you come close to crying? I actually came close to crying one time, and I was kind of embarrassed. That is embarrassing. <laughs> but I didn't cry. I held it back. I'll tell you. I'll tell you when I cry. I'll tell oh, you. Oh, we I know. We know. Do you know? We know. Okay. We'll we'll come back to that. We'll do Tom's point. Then we'll talk about crying. Maybe talk about coming. We'll we'll circle back. So star ratings: mm. five out of five out of five. Travis. Four out of five. Four and a half. Mm-hmm. That's, this is exactly how I saw That's this kinda, happen. Yeah, <laughs> Even before I came here, I was like, Matt gave it a five. Of course he did. You Travis knew I gave, gave it, it a five. four because he wanted to hate it, but he knew it he was could. not worse <laughs> than <laughs> four. <laughs> <sighs> okay. It's kind of spot on. Kind of. <laughs> okay so check the show notes if somehow you have not yet seen avengers endgame look at the show notes come back to it later skip ahead tom you had mm. something that you want to mention yes i'm annoyed that they decided to make this captain marvel movie because they still didn't know what the fuck to do with her in endgame and they should have just left her out find a different way to accomplish your tasks but her moment is kind of cool when she like flies through the ship when she just crushes that ship like, yeah oh you mean like she did in captain marvel not up in here <laughs> yeah she had already, she already did that in captain marvel well it was cool on a on an end game level as well so i agree with tom one of the few complaints i have about the movie is how they incorporated captain marvel and it was basically it kind of seems like they she was just brought in to level the playing field a little bit you know what i mean like one she's barely present in the movie this was the movie proceeding that came out two months before endgame maybe less than that like six weeks seven weeks something like that because it was a Mar- early march mm-hmm. i think is when captain marvel came out and she's absent for most of the movie i mean they kind of have to but that's that's where you can see like the manipulation behind the scenes oh i mean uh, earth isn't the only 
planet that was affected by the It just the happens snap. to be the one place that could potentially re- reverse all of the bad things that ever happened. Right, and they act like there aren't <laughs> any heroes anywhere else in the universe, but some of the heroes on Earth came from other planets in the universe. Like, there's got to be other shit. Anyway, she's off doing her own thing from the beginning of the movie. Of course, she shows up, like, right when shit's going down you know what i mean like yeah. some convenience is there and they just don't really do much with her she's barely in the movie also did you Brie care Larson. that much though yeah i did care i thought i, it was, I, I, I thought like, it was the one thing that sort of stood out to me as as I felt poorly like, handled yes a, a lot of characters like didn't get enough screen time no no no. i don't care that they didn't get enough screen time i care that she is the apparently the most powerful by far superhero who just like owns Thanos for about five minutes in the beginning of the movie, um, and she's not around for the the big moment. Also, she is. Though. I thought I think Brie Larson <laughs> had about five sentences in that movie, and I thought probably three of them were bad. Just she, like hold on though, Captain you said she didn't show up to the main fight. She wasted that giant ship that was like raining down on all of them. She was and there, no, but, but it felt like it. And felt she like, took the charge to try and get the thing to where it needs to go. She was there. You can't say she wasn't there. She could have been there in so many other situations throughout the movie. I'm drawing <laughs> a blank on... I, I'm not trying to argue that... So why would you... I'm not trying to why argue would you that sit your star she wasn't player? in the movie enough or they didn't handle it the right way. I'm just arguing that like It's most like Michael Jordan coming off the bench. To win, but like, oh shit, moment. we're down in the fourth quarter. Put Michael Jordan in, see what happens. No, she hit the three though to like tie it up. I'll say say that. Yeah, the best player was on the bench. They were down two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Hey, even LeBron needs a break. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought they knew they wouldn't. Sometimes Steph they Curry they gets stuffed by the rim. They have a good you know? solution it's... for her. They just put out the movie so they could get their nut one last time oh, yeah. before Endgame came out. Oh, if you want me to get on your ship about talking about Disney's well, nut. Well, jump on. I'm already on That's it. my whole argument. Have, that's my whole argument is that they just that did Captain and... Marvel just for this. <laughs> oh, that's that's why they've done like 80% of these movies. I guess so. <laughs> but... I, I and maybe it's more apparent just because we got our first introduction of her a few months ago, and then this movie didn't quite satisfy on yeah. that level or her character. Hers was felt so inconsequential, though. Like her movie felt like it was literally Who just cares? in there to bring her into Endgame. Like you look at some of the early origin stories and they're pretty distinct from each other. Iron Man is very different from Captain America the First Avenger, which I haven't seen Thor, but I get the impression that the original Thor is pretty different, you know. This just felt like one make some money. Two, we have to bring in this like otherworldly power so that we can level the playing field. Like it just felt, but she's so gonna have a much bigger part in the next in phase four, five, and six. Yeah. God, I hope sure. So this was like the initial setup of her. So I feel like there's way more to come, and maybe you will get satisfied. I hope she goes back to defending the whole rest of the universe because I don't like the character that they've made out of her. Do you don't like her haircut? I don't care about her haircut. <laughs> I don't like the direction. I don't like the way they write for that character. Well, good, because the Russo brothers aren't making another Marvel movie. so. No. 
as of right now. <laughs> okay, so uh, the moment that you almost cried, Travis, did you? Do you didn't even come close? Not even close. The moment I almost cried is the most boring of all. It's in the big battle scene when it's like, oh shit, when we did the thing, all of our old heroes came back and then they all show up through the portal. Me too. That was it? Well, I there was, was another... like, everybody's together again. It was. Do it. See, so the fact, I feel like that's a testament to how effective like this movie was. Tom, you've been on the records and you don't really give that much of a shit about the Correct. Marvel Universe, right? Correct. I, that was pretty on the impactful. record as well. I do I care about I care yeah, about the you... characters in the movies that I like. I care about the Guardians. I care about um, well, and and these last two movies have been pretty good, so I, I care about them. Yeah, I, guess, yeah. But I don't go in everybody. with these like with an agenda. <laughs> you guys may think I do, but I don't. Sure, I want to go in and join every one of these, just like everyone else. But I can see the writing on the walls, okay, and other people are blind to it. That was just that was a really cool, it was a powerful cool moment. moment. I, not powerful, but cool. I'll give you cool. Not powerful. <laughs> there were a couple times in this movie when I tried, I thought to myself, oh, like, just tune into the music for a second. Is this good music? And I was like, no, this is bad music. Or boring I don't know. Music. I thought Alan Silvestri's score was pretty good through a lot of it. I don't know. That um, scene when the, all the, everyone's coming through the portal and it's like, oh, I think that's fuck, when I started that listening. And I was oh like, my no, gosh, that person. Everyone's here, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there was something to that. Like, you, we kind of get that in Infinity War, but not everybody is there in Infinity War. Yeah. Fucking everyone is there in Endgame. Yeah. You finally get what I thought that moment was going to be in Infinity War. You finally get it in this movie which sure yeah. maybe it's rehashing they got the same you. shit but they got, they got me two tickets. they got me <laughs> so another thing i'll say about this movie is that um i really don't care very much about or i didn't care very much about hawkeye or ant-man i haven't seen either the ant-man movies i didn't really need him to Ooh. be involved but now you love ant-man and hawkeye they get fucked added a layer of like no, no. humanity they made hawkeye good in this movie what they was, made him a good he, character he was pretty good um come on they they all set a level of humanity scene. to the movie <laughs> which added to the whole like grief angle that they were taking that i think the other characters didn't really have the ability to do that's the only way to make hawkeye interesting they had to give him like the because okay so the movie opens with hawkeye that was a good opening yeah that was that was a pretty cool way to open the movie um, I'll give it that. Hawkeye's living on like a fucking farm with Linda Cardellini and his three kids, and because we knew from the previous movies that he was on like house arrest, basically from the events of Civil War. So he's hanging out on the farm. The snap happens, and his family's just gone, and he doesn't know where they went. It's like that's a pretty cool kind of bold way to start this movie. Do you, you like mayonnaise I mean? on your hot dogs? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Who whose idea was like nobody does that? That was fucked. Uh, Tom, didn't that was a, ketchup. That was a serious question. Was the word ketchup even I, posed in that scene? Yeah, no, no. The kid says, "What about ketchup?" I thought they said okay. mustard. No, no, no. They 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 do mayonnaise, then they do mustard, and then the the last and one. Then they say ketchup. ketchup. Okay. Um, I could be convinced. I think. With a like a real Polish dog, you know that something that's good. Yeah, it's just not a, a norm or a staple. No, I want yellow ass mustard. Yes. Don't even give me that fancy Dijon no, stuff. No, I want fuck yellow. Yes, <laughs> just fake yellow. You know, like nothing looks like this yellow. Yes, some yellow five. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, could, five. I could maybe get down with mayonnaise on my hot dog if it was like mixed with a bunch of other shit, like a gourmet hot dog, like a bunch of stuff like on it. Like I do a Seattle like Seattle dog, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It has like a bunch of stuff on it. But, but you don't want mayonnaise and cream cheese on the same dog. No, so no. Don't do that. But I'm just saying like... Too much white stuff. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm going to eat a hot dog, it's going to be like off the grill, ketchup and mustard... Or it's going to be like a fucking bacon, cream cheese, jalapeno. Like, you know what I mean? If I'm just like at a barbecue and I'm doing like, I'm just classic. No in betweeners for you? Classic. But I'm not just going to do like, oh, it's a a mayonnaise and chives hot dog. Like, get the fuck out of here. It has to be like. That's weird. Mayonnaise has to be like a component. What about kielbasa? Would you do mayo with kielbasa? (sighs) Probably still now. I would try it, I guess, but I wouldn't think to make that combination. Yeah, it's not the worst suggestion, but it's not the first thing that comes to mind. It's neither the worst nor the first. Yep. Correct. All right. Let's move on. Next point. <laughs> well, so I was going to say, so that moment, yes, got me emotional. Mayonnaise. Yeah. I just cried during the mayonnaise scene. Um, just tears of just horror. <laughs> so there was that. Uh, I did. I'm not gonna lie. I did die. I did die. I did cry when when Tony Stark died. I mean, the whole thing started with that guy. Mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. kills. I like mm-hmm. the through line of it. I did. Yes, I knew. I knew Tony Stark was gonna die. Like, I went into the movie assuming yeah. Tony Stark was gonna die. Is it pretty be- public that like his contract's up I knew and he doesn't want to do it anymore. He was on the record movies. years ago. He didn't want. Yeah. to do I knew slash assume that that was gonna happen, and since it hadn't happened in any of the previous movies, I was like. This is it. It's time, this is it. but that didn't dampen the emotional impact of it for me because it was him and Spidey that, that did himself. it for you. He gave he gave uh, Doctor Strange that look. Doctor Strange was like, "Yep, you know, like a little wink." And that was it. So that moment, a wink and a nod, mostly because of Peter Parker. So mm-hmm. when Peter Parker comes through the portals and he's kind of reunited with mm-hmm. Tony Stark, I got a little misty there. That was cute. And Dude, then Tom Holland nails peter peter parker he's so he's good such a good peter parker i love it yeah i mean he's definitely better than toby mcguire yes yeah so like andrew garfield got the uh short shrift i remember liking that movie well the first one was okay i feel like he was oh, good was in like those him. movies just maybe not very good movies he was <laughs> a great peter parker he wasn't the best spider-man toby mcguire was a great spider-man trash peter parker uh tom holland just got it all fucking kills yeah <laughs> completely embodies okay. the spirit of the character also second time around loving the spider leg uh backpack that's cool right it's so cool <laughs> oh activating yes. instant kill <laughs> that's good shit um he had some of the best stuff in the final fight uh, he did yeah he was good so that that was awesome uh i will say getting into nitpicky stuff the worst moment of the movie for me anyway girl power well, that was lame. That felt very pandering. So yeah. very pandering. That was brutal. Um, Especially because they did it in Infinity War. Yeah. And it's just like, why or how did these characters unite in this way and no one else does? Like, it was just such a forced, like, this is a girl moment, which is is fine for the fans or whatever. But at the I, same I time. I like the sentiment, but. Yes. The way execution it was, done, was yeah. yeah, super lame. Uh, the moment that I thought was was lame as fuck was when Hawkeye and Black Widow have to go get the Soul Stone, 
and they basically fight over who is going to die and it literally reaches the point where hawkeye jumps off the cliff and she throws herself after him like what if her fucking grappling hook didn't catch on to the thing and they just both fucking died i thought that was a good scene i hated it it was so stupid it's no, a good scene no i don't want to die no me no me i'm on matt's side and ultimately what about who, those final moments when hawkeye was trying so Widow? hard to hold on to her that was fine who cares I about guess? black widow honestly. yeah also those two characters who cares if it was like iron man and peter parker like i'm gonna kill myself no i'd be like no neither of you please god no <laughs> 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 But they took two of the lamest characters. I mean, Black Widow's fine, but Hawkeye is... Who gives a fuck about Hawkeye? But Hawkeye's way cooler. Than he Black had a family Widow. to no go back way, to, man. Dude. <laughs> Watch Avengers again. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, sure, he had, maybe he had more to kill live Hulk. If you're gonna kill Hulk. No, 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 no. Give Hulk a fucking sequel that he's been owed for years. Well, Planet <laughs> Hulk is on the docket. And that's wait. gonna be fucking Can't nuts. wait. Planet Hulk is rad. Because I was a fan of Hulk even before Edward Norton. So Is Hulk like actually <laughs> like the smallest of his species? That's what I'm guessing. Species? There's not like other Oh, that's Hulks right. Out there. What's Planet Hulk? He's like a science experiment. Yeah, I forgot he was not an alien. <laughs> <laughs> he like, uh, I can't remember the specifics, but he goes to an alien planet loses control of his powers and then he basically becomes like a like a, a evil yeah yeah basically like an evil ruler <laughs> that's awesome and they have to like topple him <laughs> so something that's like what's that. gonna happen to a degree in planet hulk yeah not interested what, what are you talking about that sounds rad sounds lame um I, one thing i wanted to bring up don't know how much discussion i'll generate but just part of my problem with these movies is all of the planning involved and I feel like if I didn't know about the continuum transfunctioner, I would have been like more surprised or more into this. No comment. No. No. I won't, I won't. <laughs> like, what are you talking just, about? Continuum transfunctioner is from Dude Where's My Car. What is the stupid thing called? The quantum realm. That's what I'm thinking. Of. <laughs> there should have been no quantum realm was stupid. There should have been no like. They should have had like magic Easter to it or eggs or anything regarding the quantum realm. The quantum realm should have been a complete secret until Endgame. Why? I M O. Why? Because it would leave for like some sort of surprise. Like no. you knew that was going to be used in some sort of capacity you, to you reverse need, the bullshit. You need that. You need that. Why? Because no, why do you? Because I would have been need like it before Endgame though. Because I would have said, "What the fuck? This is so stupid." It would have felt even more forced. Then it was already felt pretty. It already felt pretty forced. Yeah, it felt forced, but there was no surprise element. And I feel like at least there would have been a surprise element had it not been in future or previous movies. But it would have been even more trash screenwriting if all of a sudden we were like, "Oh my god, we discovered the quantum realm. Maybe we can use this to travel in time." Tony Stark. Do it. Give you gotta the show the gun before you shoot it. They talked about it in a previous movie that they got your money for. Already. No, no, no. It, it, I still have issues with the fact that they as Ant a Man device comes out. Ant Man comes out of the quantum realm. That's the only way they knew it existed. So there had to be. They had to bring it in something like make make Endgame four hours. Let's do a little quantum realm discovery. <laughs> Listen, I got a question. How come, when it's all said and done, Peter Parker goes back to high school and all of his friends are there? 
They all stay. Great. Every question. single one of them died in the uh, the Thanos' snap. That's a great question. I actually don't I, start picking apart the logic of the time. I travel. convinced yes, myself a little bit that it, maybe it was just him and his best friend, and he went back to a high school that neither of them really know. But there's also Zendaya's character, MJ. Oh she, shit! She's, she must have snapped too. Yeah, the three of them really. But that's you can probably get away with the rest of it, right? And then maybe well, there's also the uh, the bully. I can't remember Chase or something. Was he shown? He might be gone. Well, no. No, he's in. He's in the trailers for the new one. Oh, okay. He goes with them on that trip or whatever. I got to rewatch Homecoming. Oh, that's great. Did you see this? I don't think I showed it to you. It's great. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> I thought about sending it to what you is guys. It? <laughs> the Captain Phillips meme. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> good shit. But really, so uh, I mean, there are issues. There's still even screenwriting issues with the quantum realm shit because Ant Man's like maybe like time is diluted in the quantum realm. Maybe we can use that. And Tony Stark's like, no, it's not possible. You don't understand shit about the quantum realm. And then like an hour later, he's like, oh, I just discovered just time travel, Pepper. Uh, looks like we're fixing all this shit. You know what I mean? Like that's a pretty good RDJ impression. <laughs> RDJ Tony Stark impression. So. What do you got? Did you guys like or dislike the fact that Thanos in Endgame, once he's given a little preview of what all happens in the future, decides to go totally apeshit and decide he's going to wipe out the entire population, not just half of it? Go. He has to. I mean, he's already seen that. Uh, what you know, what he accomplished before. Is, okay, it's not. He sufficient. could snap his fingers, kill half, and then kill the rest of them. One like by manually one. kill them? Why not? Why not just kill all of them with a snap? Why go through yeah, that effort? Yeah, I don't. Well, I think snaps are random. What? Fifty percent snap. If you do that, it's random. <laughs> yes. Remember how? Uh, well, I don't know. Just listening to you guys talk about this is because it also it wouldn't make sense to kill all life. I think it was specifically he was like, I'm gonna have to take out you guys because you guys are fucking my shit up, like mm. Earth specifically. Oh, Earth specifically. Get fucked. That's right. Yeah, because there. I mean, he's not have, he's not running into problems in other sections of the galaxy or whatever the fuck. Like they don't have any heroes. Earth. They're hero free. Well, I mean, you got that raccoon, you got that green person, the blue person, Captain Marvel. There's other, there's they came people. from Asgard. That's yeah, Asgard. Bad. I know. I'm being, I'm being an ass. Well, okay. So speaking <laughs> of Thor, what did you guys think of Depression Thor? Dumb. Uh, I, I thought it was funny, that, but I thought they could have. I was kind of hoping that when he decided to kick it into high gear and go lightning, that he would just be buff again. I like that he was still just. Bad. I felt like they. <laughs> I could see why you would have been stupid. It, well, they not leaned stupid. on him too much for humor, like just like the shot of him was supposed to be funny, and it wasn't. I just That's really like now. him as a character, and I I could have used him, you know, the way he was used in the other movies. I like him when he's his, kind of one of the hero guys. His moment in Infinity War is probably one of the best moments in the entire franchise. What, what were we talking about? Which moment? When he, when he gets, goes Super Saiyan. When he fucking does his... Thing. That's in Infinity War? I thought that was Ragnarok. Well, the first time it's in Ragnarok. Oh. So Ragnarok, clearly better. Yeah. Mm. It is better in Ragnarok. I need to rewatch Ragnarok because... Dude, you get Immigrant Song by Zeppelin playing. <laughs> I had a bone to pick with that movie with from the opening scene. I had a boner to stick 
<laughs> in two minutes after that. But his moment in Infinity War is amazing. Even though it ultimately doesn't really mean anything, it's still awesome. You know what's even more amazing? Captain motherfucking America being worthy enough to wield Molnir oh or however the fuck it's pronounced. He finally gets a boner. Oh my god, dude. When that <laughs> happened, I mean, I, I saw it coming. Like, when I saw the hammer wiggles, oh my god, it's gonna be Captain America. Goes into his hand, the camera zooms out, Captain America's wielding the hammer. I was like, that was the one thing that got, like, a big That was a cream moment in the theater. Oh yeah, that... I didn't get it. I, like, I had to go home and, like, Google why people cared. Because only Thor is worthy of wielding that hammer. Well, but there's a teaser, right, from a previous movie. He tries to do it in, I think, it, right? Civil War. And he budges it just a little bit. Yes. And, uh, yeah, but then I was like, when Thor said, I knew it, I was like, what? The, what? What is this? That was, I thought that was a pretty badass fan service moment. Like, mm-hmm. there's fan service that is annoying, and there's fan service that's yeah. like, fuck, yeah. Mm-hmm. I creamed that scene i'll give you that it's a cool fan service moment i was i mean i guess i'm a little surprised that he i thought it was thor that was able to call the hammer and the hammer was just really heavy (laughs) i didn't know that the hammer has the ability to go to other people you know what i mean it's got a mind of its own it's like excalibur it's not heavy really like I mean, I'm sure. It's no, no, I, I understand but... how the the heaviness works. I'm saying, does he <laughs> pull the hammer, or does the hammer come to him? He calls it. Okay, then why does he have to fucking throw it? Can't he send it away? <laughs> I don't. Oh, I see what you're saying. I don't think. Can't so. the hammer just go wherever it wants? No, it comes to it comes to the hand. You have to call it to your hand. It's not like Harry Potter. Like it's not like fucking Wingardium Leviosa. Go over their hammer. Like you can conjure it. Like you can pull it to your hand. But then to get it to go somewhere else, you gotta. Like you can throw it, and then you can call it back, and it'll come back to your hand. But once it's out of your hand, so I don't what think if you can... Thor and Captain Marvel, Captain America, were calling for it at the same time? Probably Thor. Not interested in that. <laughs> that would break the whole. That would break the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's never going to happen. Well, why aren't the other heroes who save millions of lives worthy to carry this hammer? Yeah, why can't Captain Marvel grab that thing? Because that's America's ass. Okay. Oh, that was one of the best God. parts. No. Yeah, that dude. was good. Garbage. No, no way. That was great. funny. And then later when he sees it, he's like, oh, yeah. No, that <laughs> that's is the one. Ass. That's the one. Um, uh, Callback? No, bad. it's like his one moment of humor, and they do it well. It was better than the humor regarding Ant-Man going into different, like, time zones of his life. As far um, as, like, when he's a baby and stuff. Baby Ant-Man, old man. Oh, come Ant-Man. on. That wasn't that bad. There was like that was 30 They took the joke way too far. It was though. an easy joke. And didn't laugh the first time. Didn't laugh the th- I, I didn't laugh time. either, no. but I was like, <laughs> that's so dumb. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about Hulk. I actually liked his character in this one. It was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I like badass Infinity Hulk. War I didn't where get he's it. just like, yeah that was terrible talk about humor though when he's like trying to go hulk mode when they're back in new york city to try to get that stone and he's like Rah! and he's like picking up like a car door he like, throws it like Rah! yeah like, <laughs> trying to that was pretty funny hulk. trying to be yes. like yeah 
That was a good humor moment. That was pretty good. I, I think that uh, Infinity War ruined the punchline for um, Detective Pikachu when he's like in the arena with Charizard and he. he says, oh, I can't, can't do it when people are watching. Because yeah. <laughs> all I think about is Infinity War. Yeah. Wait, Infinity War? The thing. Are you not talking about Thor? I turned into Hulk. Oh right! No, that was Thor. That was Thor Ragnarok, wasn't no, it? No, it's Infinity War. The whole oh, time. it's both. That's why he's in the suit. He That's why he's in the Iron the one Man time, suit. And then he hits the Rainbow Road, which is hilarious. One of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. Right, Travis? No, there are some really good moments regarding his character in Infinity War, though. When what, like, Bruce Banner? Yeah, I don't think they're good. When he I, pretends he's like, we talked about this when we reviewed Infinity War. When he like. It's almost like a play on like a dude trying to get hard. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, yeah, and can't quite get it. Like, I thought that was funny. Like him trying to get hard but couldn't. Is that what you do when you try to get hard? Like, who does that? <laughs> no, but it was still funny. So I, I do that if I'm trying to take a shit. Like, well, I'm not gonna talk. I'm not talking from personal <laughs> experience, but. <laughs> I'll just speak for everyone and just say every guy's been in that moment when they're like trying to get hard and what do you do to do it? I don't go. <laughs> well, I know, but that was like the physical comedy part of the joke. I don't. Was that the joke though? I I got that joke. Yes. Sure. That's okay. I don't remember. I don't know where we were initially going with this. Remember when but, Hulk? We were talking about Hulk. When Tony's like, "Come on, man, you're embarrassing us." <laughs> oh, I knew what I was going to say regarding Hulk was that. I did like some of the humor regarding Hulk and Infinity War, but I didn't like how it eventually just turned into him being in a giant Iron Man because, like, that kind of underplays the whole, like, superhero-ness of them. Like, if if Bruce Banner can't turn into Hulk, then he's essentially me. So why can't I just go in a, a giant Iron Man suit and be a giant Iron Man guy? You can. That's what I Pepper does. I, yeah, but that... That to me like lessens the specialness of superheroes. But those superheroes are lame. Tony Stark. Hulk is awesome. (laughs) Well, no, but I'm saying like it it, it brings an element of one like unpredictability, like the fact that he can't, he doesn't completely harness that power. You know what I mean? Like the fact that it transitioned from like uncontrollable rage, blackout periods. Like there is a progression, starting with Avengers. Well, I guess technically starting with the Incredible Hulk, but we don't talk about that. Um, starting with the Avengers. Like, you see the progression of the Hulk, and this is where it ends up. I didn't know. like it. But that... Not a fan. I don't know. It just kind of lessens no. his superpower or yeah, like, the his Hulk specialness. Yeah, the Hulk does one thing. He gets angry, and he turns green, and he goes insane. He's super smart, too, though. Yeah, when he's not angry. Well, now he's smart when he's angry. Well, not angry, but green. Exactly. What is even happening? No one knows. He's just... Oh, another good humor moment when they're at like the cafe or whatever and they ask to take pictures with uh, with Hulk. Mm-hmm. And then Ant-Man's like, you guys want to take pictures with me? And they're like, they ignore him. Ew, kind of funny. That's pretty kind funny. Kind of funny. Pretty funny. Kind of funny. Okay. We should probably keep this moving along, but we haven't really talked about the end of Captain America's arc. How did you guys feel about what they did with his character? Because he's the other character. Loved along, it. Along with Iron Man, he's the one that I thought they were going to potentially kill off. But what they ended up doing was, I mean, I didn't see that coming. And I thought it was a, a very... Does it make sense in the timeline? Why not? It was a great move, but he should have kept the beard. 
Yeah, the beard was He looks so much better with a beard. Yeah, I agree. Uh, doesn't look great as old man Chris Evans, though. I thought those that those prosthetic prosthetics were pretty good. I thought mm, bad grandpa. Territory. That's pretty cool though. Like another <laughs> another moment. Like I didn't get misty, but it was one of those like ah moments. Was Captain America seeing Peggy in that like bunker when they go back to the seventies or whatever to get that stone? Like the biggest characters in the franchise, Tony Stark, Captain America. Like they their payoffs were. About as good as it could have been. You know what I mean? Like, you had that yeah. emotional moment where he sees Peggy, and then they're like, where did Captain America go? It was kind of dumb that he was just, like, sitting on a bench. Like, where the fuck did he come from? Like, how did... He knew where to be. What do you mean? I thought that was Yeah, great. but he was just there all of a sudden? Like, was he just there the whole time and they didn't realize? Because he must have just, like, walked to this park or whatever and then sat on the bench. Like, oh, who is that old man over there? He didn't just come out of thin Maybe air. Maybe he was hiding behind a tree for the right moment, and then for dramatic effect, he popped out <laughs> he just like, bench let me, get, let me cut around to the bench with my cane. <laughs> so I, I did like the way that Because the movie concludes with him dancing with yeah, Peggy, right? It's like the final shot, yeah. right? That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I don't know. There, there were lots of those little moments like there. I mean, also lots of setup for the franchise moving forward. I mean, you have yeah. Thor essentially becoming oh, yeah. a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, fucking sign, sign me up. Like, Hilarious. Their, like, captain thing at the end was pretty funny. <laughs> and they're definitely going to go find Gamora, which yeah. will be interesting. They essentially set up, um, you know, they're going to try to find new Gamora. I am the captain now. That's yeah. also great. Yes. Set up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see what they do with that. Um, and then, you know, they did just buy Fox. So X-Men, here we come. Oh, Fantastic Four, man. here we come. If you creamed at the end of Endgame, just wait until they add another fucking 50 heroes. I can't wait. End of Phase 6, there's going to be like 150, <laughs> 150 heroes on that screen. That movie better be five hours long then. So how long before we get another Iron Man? I, he's done. Iron. Oh, you mean like we're, ta- uh, we're so- getting Iron Woman? Do we have to wait for like a hundred years for like Marvel to go bankrupt and then it oh, gets, I see it what gets you're revived saying. and then we can do it again or what? No, uh, what's her name from Black Panther? I hope I'm not alive gonna- when that happens. <laughs> She's gonna pick up the mantle of Iron Man. I think I think that's still probably gonna oh, happen. Who? That looks pretty obvious. The chick from uh, uh, Black Panther, Panther? Oh, the, yeah. the super techie, like kind of like Q from uh, James yes. Bond, mm-hmm. the one who worked on. Headstone guy. Yeah. Uh, headstone guy. <laughs> What's uh, his name? Vision. Vision. Yes. yes. I saw this hilarious <laughs> picture of uh, it was like a glitter pack. It's like, use this to bedazzle whatever you want. It shows a picture of Thanos, but it looks like he's putting the stone in Vision's head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it killed me. I'm going to put this on the, uh, the episode, uh, episode thumbnail. The, yeah, description. <laughs> So there's probably more we could talk about, but we should probably keep this moving. Are there any last like little things you wanted to bring up, spoiler wise? There's lots of shit. I mean, it's a three hour long movie filled with lots of nods to previous stuff. So no, I, mean, I think we covered the majority of it. There's lots of stuff, especially if I were to see it a second time and go into it wanting to nitpick. Just admit you gave us some bonus points. 
trilogy cred. Well, no, I watched it on an emotional level, and I loved it. It was like the opposite of what happened with the Last Jedi. I went into the Last Jedi nitpicking it. Oh no, no, no! I went into it. There was no agenda involved. Um, I'm curious to see what happens next. So am I. Spider Man is gonna be huge. Hey, he's the one of the most redeeming qualities of this franchise. Plus, Jake Gyllenhaal coming into the mix as a villain, though. Not right. Well, I mean, Mysterio is a Spider Man villain. But so he will almost certainly but. be a villain, but maybe I don't know. Maybe they kind of make him out to be a hero, but there, there's going to be a flip. I'm sure he's going to be a bad guy, but might be kind of cool if, like, I don't know, they do something different and they make him a good guy. Wouldn't you want Jake Gyllenhaal to be one of the fucking Avengers? No, you would rather he just be a villain that gets killed off in one movie yeah. and then never comes back. Yeah, I don't know. Is he gonna? <laughs> Is, is it going to be my like the last few movies that to he's stay been? out of these movies? <laughs> you know what would be cool? So with Captain America, now that they introduced this time travel thing, they could technically like bring him back from you know if they need to bring him back, they can recast him because Chris Evans' contract is done. You know there who I'm go. talking about. You know who has to be Captain America? Gosling? Tom Hardy. Gosling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you mean now we're fucking Canadian talking. America? <laughs> <laughs> Captain Canada, <laughs> Canadian America. <laughs> That's part of the joke. <laughs> okay, Captain America still works. Canadian America still works. <laughs> okay, you guys ready to move on? Yeah. Okay. Hopefully, our Pat doesn't enter the MCU anytime soon. It's just a matter of time, know, dude. Right? Who, he's definitely going to be a villain. Wait, though, right? who? Our Pat. Who's our Robert pa- Pattinson? Come oh. on, dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought that was Rob P. We're on an RPAT basis. Robbie P. <laughs> Rob P. <laughs> Robbie. Okay. That's going to do it for it's Avengers like Endgame. RPAT. Joe Golev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Uh, we're going to do a v- what I assume will be a very brief review of extremely... Wicked, incredibly, shockingly evil, and vile. Uh, We have a clip. Let's listen. Can we get ice cream later? That is such a good idea, and I wish I could, but I can't. I'm sorry. I have to pull an all-nighter tonight at the law library. All-nighter? Yeah, I got to make sure I'm the most prepared attorney in the courtroom once my trial starts. Why did she pick you out of the lineup? My lawyer found out that the police showed him my picture beforehand. Twice. Of course I looked familiar. That's not even the worst part, Liz. What happened in Utah wasn't just dumb luck. The police already had my name. Someone gave it to him. Someone gave your name to the authorities in Utah. All right, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile is a new narrative film from Joe Berlinger. We're talking about this piece of shit? What's a narrative yeah. film? 
Well, the reason I say narrative film is because the same director did that other Paradise. Netflix show. Oh, he did the Paradise Lost. He did Paradise Lost, Lost but he also did uh, Ted Bundy, The Confession Tapes or whatever, which was like a oh, documentary. Oh, he did do that? Yes. He also did uh, the Blair Witch sequel. Which is one of the worst movies I think I've ever I seen I heard in my him life. on a podcast, though, defend himself, and he said that that wasn't his cut, and he basically had no control over the final cut of that movie. That's what they all say. I know. I'm just trying to As if, throw him a bone. Uh, I mean, fucking uh, Paul Schrader did the same thing with his Exorcist movie, and then his cut finally came out. People were still like, yeah, it's still a shitty Wait, movie. Wait, Paul Schrader did? He did one of those Exorcist movies. Like, wrote one or directed one? Directed one. I'm like 90% Paul Schrader? Percent sure. I'm going to have to. P. Schrader's? Yeah. Yeah, P. Schrader. <laughs> I don't know about P. Schrader. P. Schrader. <laughs> Doing no Exorcist. <laughs> I think it was... Exorcist Part de. De. <laughs> Part de. He did Dominion Third Prequel to The Exorcist Get fucked Travis okay. He directed it? Yeah Did not write it Hold on I gotta pull it up right here Hold dude. on I don't know if I believe you're Dominion Prequel to The Exorcist Directed by Paul Schrader Don't believe it happened. And his cut he said they like mutilated his cut of the movie, but then the actual his cut came out later, and people said it was still garbage. Oh, this piece of shit! In two thousand five, this doesn't count. What are you talking about? <laughs> Thirty years into his career, this does this doesn't not count. count. Anyway, no. we're talking about the Ted Bundy movie, directed by Joe Berlinger, Anyways. starring Zac Efron, Lily Collins, uh. I clicked away from it, so I'm just going off the top That's of my head. That's about it. Well, no, no, no. Uh, uh, J.K. Simmons, he plays the judge. No, it's uh, the other guy. It's John, John Malkovich. <laughs> other bald soul, dude. <laughs> the other guy that Netflix has hired on to do everything. What is with... Can we talk about this for a second? Yeah. What is with Netflix hiring the same cast to do their shit? It's kind of weird. Wait, what are you... Like, there's, like, a Netflix universe where, like... Oh, because of Bird Box? Is that what you're referring yeah, to? Yeah, but, like, there's multiple actors in different things on Netflix, and it's kind of weird. Like... What? No, so... He's one I example. know what you're saying, but... Um, the, the lead in someone's... Or she's got to have it. The Spike Lee, like... It was a film, but then they turned oh, it into the TV, TV shows. She's also in that movie something great or something to love or whatever it's called do you know what i'm talking about it's like the all the boys with... ever loved no it's with the miss bala girl gina rodriguez oh what i don't know and uh i don't know that's one example uh isn't the guy one of the guys from actually maybe not there's multiple actors in different Netflix things, and it's kind of gross. I get what you're saying, but there. Lily Collins is one. To the Bone was a Netflix movie. She's in this. She probably has a series on Netflix. It's not that weird, though. Netflix has been around for like. But, like, broaden your years. casting choices. Do you know how much content Netflix is putting out these days? A lot. Just because one actor is in like two Netflix movies, like, two or three. I get what you're in trying the last, to say. Like two or three years. It's just weird that the same people keep popping up in Netflix stuff in such a short period of time. Well, that's all I'm saying. Sure, but, but Netflix is acquiring most of so these. So that's movies. how they're. Do they have like a? You probably don't know the answer to this, but 
do they have like a pool of people that have like just signed on to be Netflix people and then they just assign them to things? Or like, are they individual projects that they're like casting on an individual level and they just so happen to like this person, so they cast them in one thing and another thing? It's just weird. That's all I'm saying. Sure. It's weird. Okay. Quit putting John Malkovich as the the old, bald, white guy in your shit. What else is he supposed to be in your movie? If I want to cast John Malkovich, what else am I going to have him do? Besides be grumpy, old, white Being dude. John Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, now that you say that, sure, that's that's him in a, in a nutshell, I guess. But I don't, it just seems too easy or too convenient. Sure. Um, okay. So let's talk about this Ted Bundy movie real quick. Uh, you mean a Zac Efron movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> sure. It was more of a Zac Efron movie than it was a Ted so, movie. So, Tom, do you really know anything about this movie? No. Essentially, what it's doing is it's the Ted Bundy story told through the eyes of one of his girlfriends, who Ted Bundy tried to convince of his innocence, basically, through all of his court proceedings, all of his escapes from jails, all that shit. Uh, so essentially what it does is it tries to make him out to be a sympathetic character, if not sympathetic, <laughs> at least manip, like manipulative, which he was, Trixie. Right. but he's like, I False. mean, like it's, it, it tries to sympathize with him through her eyes and you're supposed to view it through her eyes as the viewer. And he's also playing up, like, the sexiness. Like, yeah, the fact that women adore Ted Mundy is a well-established thing, but... Kind of weird, and at least not that believable, viewing the story or this movie now. Yes. Uh, this movie is fucking pointless. It's so goddamn boring. Dude, it is the most, like, generic true crime telling like dramatized telling of any of these stories like it's it's just like the most generic version of zodiac like there's nothing like special or different about it than like any other like trial or true crime story you've heard or seen it also jumps around it just like cuts through time a lot for seemingly no good reason it glosses over a lot of the shitty a lot of the shit he did People have been like praising Zach Efron's like performance. I don't. I thought he was kind of like he was fine. Yeah, I guess. he was fine. But pe- like a lot of the reviews of this movie have said that like it's watchable because of him. His performance wasn't enough to carry the movie. I was bored out of my mind. Like I had to watch this movie in three. Well, chunks. you don't really believe he's Ted Bunny. Like you just. It's like it's Zach Efron trying to play Ted Bunny. Like, yeah, you can't remove Zach Efron from the performance or the, the movie. Yeah. I mean, he does look similar to Ted Bundy, so I think... Zach Efron's way hotter. Well, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, he... I mean, they don't make him look, like, peak hot Zach Efron. They're trying to make him look like Ted Bundy. But he like, he no, tries to act so looks, charming. He looks great in this movie. Like, he doesn't look like a dumbed-down version of Zach Efron. Or, like, a an uglier version of Zach Efron. Yeah, but, but te- like if you put Ted Bunny up against Zac Efron, like Zac Efron blows Ted Bunny out of the water as far as looks go. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Zac Efron is a object- Hollywood actor, and that's not like and Ted Bundy <laughs> fucking raped and murdered a bunch of women. Like, 
I don't know. Just like he doesn't really fit. Like I, I guess I could see how women would find Ted Bundy attractive, but he's not like a heartthrob like Zac Efron is. No, 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 no. no. But he's not. That's how they perceive him in the movie. And yes. Maybe that's how he was actually perceived in real life. But it's hard to believe, and it doesn't really help that Zac Efron is playing him, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's just... Uh, I don't even, like... I I'm, tr- I'm struggling to remember... Those lens flares, though. Pretty killer. Not... No. <laughs> just kidding. I thought the movie... <laughs> It's like from like a technical standpoint, I thought the movie looks pretty bad. Like Those lens flares, all the supporting, <laughs> all the supporting characters are not very well acted. There are scenes that I think are pretty poorly directed, poorly edited. Like it seems like they, whatever small budget this movie what had, do you think, Tom? gave it all to Zach, Zachy boy. Ephron. No contest. Efron's so much better looking. Exactly. Yeah, but I've also, looked at pictures of Ted Bundy and thought to myself, what is this reputation this guy has? Well, so here's the thing. People had never seen a hot serial killer before. Oh, uh, you think that's You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally. Women couldn't so believe. So they, they played it up. The, the, like, he was kind of the first, at least to my knowledge, the first Pretty attractive. Boy. He's not a bad Pretty looking guy. <laughs> no, he's attractive. Yeah. And he is very charming and very smart. The previous notion of what a murderer and a killer was, was a fucking dummy, like a brute. He, the whole thing, the reason why Ted Bundy was such an interest, and is, remains to be, like an interesting, it feels weird calling him a character, but a historical figure, I guess, is because the world had not seen, like, a sociopath like him because he was better than anyone else at pretending to be normal and convincing you even when he was on trial convincing you that he was uh innocent you know what i mean yeah that that makes sense but watching this movie in 2019 doesn't really do much no not at all everything's been established yeah the movie doesn't do anything (laughs) interesting with like the the mythology surrounding ted bundy yeah it doesn't do anything interesting like you know his character zach efron is a lion sack of shit from like frame one and like the movie is trying to like play with that or like convince you in a way but yeah what if he didn't do it but we know like we know he killed all of those people so it just narratively it falls flat because it's 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 kind of a what if situation. It's just a, it's it's such a weird movie. Like I get the draw of wanting to do like a dramatized version of this story, but like the story that we got, like what was the point of it? Like it didn't really like give us like the like I don't know the the background or the the details of his story. Like there's no backstory it at just, all to him it just really. felt kind of pointless and like i feel like at the end of this movie we still want a ted bunny movie and like i feel like this was supposed to be the one that like kind of delivered on that yeah for sure so um kind of lame i don't really want a ted bunny movie well yeah well it's not something anyone should say well you know like i want to see the ted bunny story <laughs> True you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like no one wanted a Zodiac movie, but like that's a great movie, and I feel like that's kind of the definitive Zodiac movie. Whether it's satisfying on like a case level 
It's satisfying on like a movie level. That's the, well, that's the thing. We don't know who the Zodiac killer was, so you can play with that narratively because, and the move that movie does do that. Like there are multiple people who you are led to believe could be the Zodiac killer, and there's tension yeah. that comes from that. You know, I feel like the only way this movie could have been narratively interesting would have been if they just went all in on the Ted Bundy as a sympathetic person and done like a like a alternate reality type movie where like what if Ted Bundy was innocent you know what i mean and like if they like acquitted well, him it would have been hard to pull off that yeah that that's <laughs> problematic in its own way right but just narratively speaking they kind of were trying to do that yeah but he was still i mean he was sentenced in court like all that stuff he ended up going to jail the movie i think the movie wants to have its cake and eat it too you know what i mean yeah. and i don't think it works no yeah, like, even the stuff between him and Lily Collins' character, like, none of that really, like, I didn't buy into it or care at all, like... She was, she's a good actress, I think, but yeah. her character is pointless. Like, literally, she just exists so that you can tell the movie from her perspective, but her perspective is completely uninteresting. Yeah. And it made the movie a slog. Like I said, it took me three tries to watch it, because I kept fucking falling asleep watching this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I watched it in one sitting, but I had other plans, and we just like basically threw it on and finished it. <laughs> uh, I don't really have anything else to say about this movie. It was kind of a bummer. Tom, you you dodged a bullet with this one. I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of excited for it leading up to its release, but once it was released, yeah, yeah. all I heard was like, middle of the road to negative things about it and that kind of lessened my expectations for it and ultimately was pretty lame what's your star rating two stars 1.5 two stars for zach, zach efron's performance his rockin' bod <laughs> <laughs> this is my new official worst movie of 2019 nice below at least velvet buzzsaw was kind of fun you know what i mean like it's it's wonky yeah Mm -hmm. i was at least interested to see what was going to happen in that movie this movie was just dull as fuck i think i saw velvet buzzsaw lower for real yeah i would much rather rewatch velvet buzzsaw than i would i will never in a million years watch this movie again if you you phrase it like that (laughs) when did velvet oh i gave it a one and a half yeah me too me too it's very, not not a good movie, movie, but give give credit where credit is due. There's some fucking weird shit that happens in that movie mm-hmm. that was at least had entertainment value. Yeah, this movie does not have entertainment value, at least not for me anyway. I don't know, like it's it's somewhat watchable, but at the same time, like it just it just feels so generic. Like I'm not even like the biggest true crime fan there is, but like I feel like all these stories kind of follow the same trajectory because like i i like the staircase and that's like a documentary of the story but like after a while i'm just like we get it like we're in trial like this guy's trying to prove his innocence everyone else is trying to prove him being guilty like let's get on with it and like this i just feel like we didn't get anything new it was just like a retelling of one of those stories condensed in like a dramatized two hour version. Totally. Yeah. Not worth 
the watch. No. There were a couple things I didn't quite know about him, but I feel like if anyone's done any sort of research on Ted Bundy, like none of this would be new. There was also stuff. I am not a serial killer worshiper like some people out there. I'm not a serial. (laughs) I'm not a serial. I'm not looking at you, Matt. (laughs) Well, I I mean, I'm not a worshiper, but I'm. I would call myself a connoisseur for sure. (laughs) I dabble in serial killer bullshit a lot. I find it interesting and fascinating but at the same time like i feel like getting wrapped up into that stuff is almost glamorizing them to a degree oh totally and also like as a connoisseur ted bundy has always been one of the least interesting like you would think he would be one of the most interesting just because he like wooed so many women and he was incredibly intelligent blah blah blah. but i just don't find him to be that interesting like yeah, I'm team Jeffrey. I'm team Jeffrey Dahmer oh all the way. Take that to the bank, <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. He's the goat. <laughs> um, okay, Tom, you got a fave serial killer? Yeah, Tom, who's your favorite serial killer? Um, name a couple others. Uh, Zodiac. We got the uh, come on Zodiac. The Riverside the Strangler. You. We don't know who the Zodiac killer is though. That's what makes him the goat. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I think if I had to pick, probably. Zodiac. Yeah. You got the Green River Killer. That Come dude on. did work. Come on. That guy did work. That dude killed like ninety people in our backyard. Yeah, right here. Right. I was gonna say right here, right now. Not right. Now. <laughs> oh. I really like that guy from True Detective. Mm. He's pretty that great. That guy. He's pretty good. Uh, the, the Hillside uh, Strangler. Man. Son of Sam. Uh, Ed Gein. The clown, Jack the Ripper. The clown guy? Jack the Ripper Jack is pretty Ripper. cool. Jack the Ripper is pretty cool. You would not gonna Jack lie. The <laughs> stock in the streets of London. <laughs> During the steam age. John oh, Wayne yeah. Gacy, he's the clown one. All these steampunkers out there. Just Dude. getting ripped up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not so like every like probably twice a year I go to the Wikipedia page that's like worst killers by kill count and i just like because most of them it's like like a lot of them are in like south america so there's like a killer in colombia who like killed like 300 small children you know oh my people my we God. don't even know about people like some sick fucks out there but yeah they don't get the publicity you know man where's the movies on these guys <laughs> <laughs> gotta make them <laughs> that's the story i want to see call netflix MC, mcu the murder cinematic universe dude Bring in the Avengers. Jack the Ripper no, identified by DNA evidence. No, <laughs> What'd you say, Tom? <laughs> Jack the Ripper identified by DNA evidence. Forensic scientists claim. Yeah, no, that's bullshit. That article's like, what, four years old? One month. Oh, shit. What? Yeah. It's resurfaced. Jack Anyways. the Ripper. Okay. Let's move on to what else we've been watching. Do you guys want to talk about High Life a little bit? Since we that episode has been lost... Or do you guys just want to I do, say but I it? also want to watch the Portland Trailblazers. Okay. Let's just all say, uh, to varying degrees, we all liked the film. Correct. I loved it. I can't wait to see it again. I was the least high on it. I yes. am not sup- super excited to see it again, but I would like to show it to some people. I'm going to pre-order the 4K. I'd like That's to watch it, it again here. with subtitles. Oh, because we missed... Uh, some, some, of the, of the some of the dialogue. Bits. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it's very strange. It's a very weird movie. I like the idea. Provocative. Concept of it. Don't know if I like the execution. 
Our Pat though killed it. His it, scenes, good. especially some with the baby, engrossing parts. Middle third, great stuff. Nuts. Andre three thousand. Cool did you love it? Three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, kind of got sidelined by all the big block blockbusters that have been coming out, but oh yeah. Uh, Go see High Life if, if somehow it's still playing in your theater. It's a very strange, provocative science fiction horror. For fans of... Go ahead, Matt. For fans of... If you like Michael Hanukkah's movies mixed <laughs> with uh, like Stanley Kubrick... Overselling mm-hmm. it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but with like it's like it's like the Darden brothers directed a Hanukkah script and Stanley Kubrick was there. He was there <laughs> on set. He was it's, a consultant. It's hard to to compare it to other movies because yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. So unfortunately we talked about that movie for like 30 minutes and it's now been lost into the ether. Uh, and it's been As a while. It should be. It's a bona fide cream dream. Oh yeah. The cream. Oh yeah. I mean, we talked, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's, there's some fluids in this movie, some bodily fluids, all the, all yeah. the hits. And Matt took them right in the mouth. Oh yeah. Big time. <laughs> all the holes. <laughs> um, okay. So what else have you guys been watching? Wait, we have to do our star ratings for, High Oh, Life. I gave high life a five. I Heavy, think I gave it a big four. Five. On big five. episode 59, 1.0. Yes. I gave it a four. 2.0, 3.5. Whoa, what? It went down? Fuck you, movie. Oh, my God. Get yeah. out of here. What happened between then and now? I just realized it wasn't a four. That's. It was for me. You're going to flip. Come back to five. Movie? No. That was never out of We're going to watch it again. Claire Denis. It could, it could well be a five. Year end, year end. So you're gonna try. Oh, and I'm cram. definitely gonna cram the cream at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Okay, um, let's move on to what we've been watching. I got a couple things. Oh, I'm not gonna talk about some things, but uh, I do want to talk Big Little Lies with you guys real quick. Mm. You know? Oh my! Well, gosh. we watched it when it first so, came out. So yes. I just now caught up with Have Big Little Lies. <laughs> watched it with Haley. Uh, that's one of the one of the better shows I've ever seen. So good. I was on board from the first episode. Yeah, the performances are really. Nicole killed Nicole. Nicole she so killed good. me. <laughs> Nicole killed me. Nicole Kidman is like, dude. She's she's a goddess. Yeah, like, she is so fucking good in that show. Yeah. So have you wrapped up that whole the whole season? Put a bow on it. It's done. Yep, it's done. Good, good, good. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like. I was really skeptical about that show because I thought it was just going to be like a, you know, something Sarah would like, but I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) But we turned it on and I was like, "Mm, this is pretty good. I was stick with it. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm so fascinated by like one, the, the the environment is set in. So like a very Mm -hmm. affluent, primarily white, Mm-hmm. families and you know school life but you get like 
this i was so into the school drama like all the moms like the politics with the moms oh and yeah the kids and the teachers and like i was all on board with that kind of like it, i'm sure it's like hyperbolic drama i'm sure that kind of crazy shit doesn't go oh, on in happens. real schools but it no, felt like, come on it, it felt happens. real it felt like that could happen i was all on board with all that all performances across the board scars you're not supposed to like his character, but he he nails that role mm-hmm. as abusive daddy. He kills. Yeah, he's he's got some range. Shailene Woodley is good. She's not given as much to do as Reese Witherspoon. And she has those Cole angry Kidman, runs that she goes on. Those were good. Yeah, that was good. Oh, also the music is amazing music. In that show. The music is great in that show. One sure. of the best uh, intro credits ever. Michael Kiwanuka. Mm. What? That's a. The yeah. artist who does the song? Yeah. His album's really good. You should listen to it. Yeah. He's got a f- album? Yeah. Like, separate from the music and Big Little Lies? No, that's just one of the tracks of off it. his album. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think it's not like an original track for the show. I see. I so the title track is a track off his album. Mm-hmm. This might sound like... Well, you guys watched it a while ago, but the moments that I like couldn't look away during those intro credits is at the very end when they're walking toward the camera dressed in their, like uh, the stuff they end up wearing to the gala at the end. There's just something like aesthetically about that scene, the way it's lit, the way everyone's dressed, the fact that Nicole Kidman does like a, like a shoulder pop as she turns, you know, like what would I, I don't recall to see the this? opening credits, it, it, opening credits, I guess it's at the very end. Like as it's ending, all the main characters are walking toward the camera. Like they're on a, runway so matt how do you feel about the fact that there's going to be a second season well so i was under the impression that it was originally designed to be like a mini series it was but then the yeah, way it cause ends because that's, that's after a book yeah but then the way it ends i was like no it, it was ends a perfectly what it ends perfectly it, it should be the end totally sets it up for more shit though i don't really remember it setting up for more shit what? Yeah, i don't recall all five of them are on the beach and then it cuts from the perspective of like binoculars and the cop who smelt something fishy is watching mm. them. oh well they should have they they shouldn't have done that they should have just ended it I, that's what i was expecting but the fact that that's how it ended i was like but the main reason why they're renewing it is because it was popular correct yeah plus i got streep on board now Oh, that's Ooh. right. Meryl Streep Marill. is going to be in season two. Uh, Andrea Arnold's the director she's director this it. time around. Yeah, huge, huge. <laughs> anyway, so I'm I'm caught up on Big Little Lies season two premieres June 9th, HBO. Is uh, Jean Marc Vallée uh, involved at all or no? No, not, not in season like two. A, oh, are you does he even about? get some street cred? Like, not even an exec producer. Yeah, probably executive a producer. Nod, a little, you know. Probably executive bum, producer. Bum, <laughs> little bum bum beat up. <laughs> You're talking about when they do their little catwalk and each of them gets their turn yeah. up at the camera. Yeah, walking towards the camera. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, also, Laura Dern is fantastic in that. Yeah, she's not in it as much as I thought she was going to be, but yeah, she's, she is great. She's great. She's the bitchy mom. Yes. Yeah, everyone. That, that show kills. Watch it. It's pretty great. I kind of want to watch season one again before i watch season two me too yeah. just because it's been a while and it's short and oh totally why not yeah um because it's great real <laughs> quick immediately after that started sharp objects only seen the first episode not as good jean-marc <laughs> jean-marc valet also did sharp objects so he went from big little eyes to sharp objects and uh it's strange sarah know. loved it she i did. was intrigued but i didn't want to deal with it so i dropped it it's uh it's kind of weird i don't know it requires more of my attention 
I think, than I the was The finale expecting. she was all about. Yeah. I'm going to keep watching it, but with Big Little Lies, I watched the first episode, and I was like, we have Whoop. to watch every episode. The Gone Girl writer wrote Sharp Objects, right? I don't think she did the teleplay, but she did write the book it's based on. She also wrote the script for Widows, right? Yes, she did. Or Jillian or something. Jillian Flynn. Yeah. No, she she co-wrote it with uh, Steve McQueen, and she did. She adapted uh, Gone Girl too. She did the screenplay for Gone Girl, which is based on her own book. Right. Yeah. Girl on a Train is also her, right? No, it's not. Oh. Similar. Like similar kind of vibe. Like like. like f- it was that book was trying to capture on the like to capitalize on her like novel type thriller shit. like yeah. yeah pop culture thriller type stuff yeah, yeah. On Train's not very good <laughs> the movie, I heard the movie was bad I heard the book was also not great either mm-hmm. but. who's in the is it um Emily Blunt Emily Blunt okay and um that one guy who's in um the Fast and the Furious movies now and he's a uh, Gaston and. The live action mm-hmm. version of Yeah. Beauty and the Beast. He was What's his name? Thorin. No, he was um Bard the Guardsman in The Hobbit. What's his name, man? I don't know what you're talking about. It's not Giovanni Rubisi. That's way off. Gaston. <laughs> in Beauty and the Beast? Who's uh No, Gaston in some other movie? Statham's brother or whatever in the Fast and the Furious <laughs> franchise. In the Fast and the Furious? Doesn't he have a brother or a friend? Shaw? Yeah, what's his friend? He has a friend? Yeah, like a foreign guy. What's his name? What are you talking about? Can you figure it out? Yeah, I'm already on it. <laughs> I, have no, I have zero clue what Co- you're talking Could make about. me look bad. Just figure this out. <laughs> Luke Evans. Yes. Chris Evans' little brother? No. <laughs> no, no. Luke Who the Evans, fuck is Luke yes. Evans? I gotta, I gotta look him up. Uh, if one of you guys wants know exactly to... who it is, once you see. Oh, it. that guy. He's in Girl on a Train. Oh, spoilers. Okay, he's the guy on the train. <laughs> <laughs> Man on a train. <laughs> um, I watched quite a bit of stuff, but I think there's only one other thing I'm going to mention, so someone else can go. Um. Okay. Oh, uh, two things I'm going to mention, but. I'll just stick to. I'll go first. Well, second, I already I'll... started. Well, now. I'll <laughs> go first now. Uh, I'll start with the Tribeca stuff. So I saw Come to Daddy. I don't know if I can or can't talk about this, but who cares? We're cinephiles. <laughs> so no one's listening. You're going to get a fucking <laughs> subpoena. Yeah. Uh,. It's a thriller starring Elijah Wood, Stephen McCaddy, a couple other people, directed by a guy named Ant Timpson. It was his directorial debut. He's produced films such as some of Matt's bangers, Turbo Kid, The Greasy Strangler. I don't know about the rest of them, but I know you like Oh, yeah. Those movies, both those movies kill. (laughs) Well, anyways, it was his directorial debut. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. It... uh, Goes to unexpected places. Pretty fun, entertaining, good stuff. Um, it's called Come On Daddy? It's called Come to Daddy. <laughs> the setup of it is 
this guy hasn't seen or heard from his dad in like 30 years and his dad writes him a letter and he goes to visit him in like his like house on the the beach or the water or whatever and then things kind of go from there but it was it was good i liked it quite a bit um the director elijah wood and some of the producers came out and did a q a afterwards how tall is elijah wood pretty cool not very tall like hobbit size he seems like a cool guy he also his production company produced mandy so he's pretty cool elijah wood's legit (laughs) elijah Wood's. Uh, he just seemed like giddy and excited and like slightly nervous to be at the q a and he like took the like lead on some of the questions that even like the director was probably supposed to take he was entertaining did i tell you when i was in australia i met a guy who was um one of the one of the background elves in lord of the rings really yeah can't say i'm surprised and he told us that um elijah and uh dominic and whatever just the hobbits they had this mansion that they would rent when they were filming for long stretches of time that was outside of the city that they filmed on uh, filmed in in uh, new zealand and they would just throw like ragers every weekend. And I'm really bummed that I never got to go to one of the Hobbit ragers. Dude, to party with the Hobbits? Mm-hmm. That, that is like was it, I bet true. they wore their, their outfits and they did the whole singing and dancing Was it thing a possibility table, like that you were invited or just like a, like I wish I was there? You think somebody was going to invite nine-year-old Tom to go yeah. party in New Zealand with the Hobbits? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't you say a friend you knew was... No, it's some guy he met in Australia. Like three weeks ago. Sorry, I was like half listening. I was looking up someone else on Letterboxd. Hmm. (laughs) Never mind. All right, come on, Daddy. Confirmation. Come to Daddy. Interesting and fun guy. Fun story. Uh, The year I went to Coachella, I met the actor who played Leave it to Beaver in... Well, he played Beaver in Leave it to Beaver the 1997 classic did you call him beaver no i don't think he really enjoys that like mm-hmm. he's like trying to remove himself oh i don't care it. i would for sure call him beaver but he looks exactly <laughs> like the kid i mean it's like you have an age today it's like the sandlot kid the fat kid he looks exactly the same kind of sort of yeah i mean no just like as soon as he said like i'm the kid and leave it to beaver like oh my god yeah you are <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was, it was kind of cool meeting him um, the place of no words, Chelsea's uncle's produced film, Mark Weber's film, previous guest on the show. Yep, it, that uh, was tacked onto our last Jedi episode, I believe. Yep, yep. I don't think we ever released the full interview, did we? Most of it's in there, though. Most of it. Yeah. What'd you cut out? I never listened. Uh, just all your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> when it cuts to you, yeah, that's what we. No, do. I don't. Re- I don't remember what I. I think I cut out some of the like spoilery stuff specifically about the movie because most uh, of the time we weren't okay. actually talking about the movie in detail, you know. So I think yeah. I, I cut out some of the spoiler, like the in-depth stuff about the movie. Yeah, uh, but there's like an hour and a half of that interview in that episode. Oh wow! Yeah, I'll need to go back and listen now that I'm somewhat removed from it. <laughs> Uh, the place of no words was pretty great. Definitely um, a little different than um, Flesh and Blood. This one's going for like a fantasy drama type approach. 
the previous one was like a docudrama type approach. Not necessarily a docudrama, like a documentary slash drama hybrid. Right. Um, kind of reminded me of Beast of the Southern Wild a little bit because it's from like the kids' perspective and there's like fantastical elements. Yeah, I can see that. If you've seen the trailer, you can probably get the gist of that. But um, yeah, I thought it was like well shot and looked really great. They shot it in Wells, so course it's gonna look pretty great but uh yeah i thought it was um i thought it was good i don't, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> i don't know what else to say about it without uh getting into details of it the kid was really good in it bodie it's his kid his it's his kid right? yeah it's mark weber's kid uh he was three years old when he shot it jesus which is pretty crazy to think about um like his performance is great but like and not to like discredit it, but I feel like the only way you're going to capture a three-year-old's performance is like by like tricking them or like trying to naturally like film it rather than be like. And I don't really know how exactly they did all of it with him, but it's pretty impressive that they got a three-year-old to do what he does in the movie because he essentially carries the movie and. He's three years old, right? Which some three-year-olds can't even form like full sentences. So like, it's weird and just like kind of crazy. Yeah, that he can like basically carry and be the star of a movie. Um, Granted, both of his parents are in the movie, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming he spends a lot of time on screen. Maybe not a lot of time, but it probably helps having both of his parents like in the scene with him. You yeah. know what I mean? And some of them are, some of the scenes are very like naturalistic where it's like literally just them like laying in bed talking to him. So right. it's like, like maybe they had to do some sort of trickery to tell him that like the camera's not present or like don't pay attention to the camera. But like, yeah, I mean, there's full on scenes where they're in like, fantasy type gear and they're like in the mountains or the forests of Wales and like they're pretending they're on some sort of adventure and it's all believable um but yeah I thought it was cool um it's not really like anything I've seen before and I think it's pretty effective at what it's trying to say and do um Definitely worth checking out once it's available. Any uh, cool. can you divulge any release details at this point? Do they have like a time frame for when it's gonna? They do not. The last or the only thing I really heard was that things sounded promising, but that was before it premiered at Tribeca. So it sounded like there was a few distributors that were into it and wanted to release it, but. I don't really know and I haven't really heard much since the premiere, but I have been seeing like little snippets on Instagram of like reviews and stuff yeah, that they're posting yeah. and pretty positive. It like from people what I've are seen. saying positive things about it. So I think it's a, a more accessible and more like commercial type movie than Flesh and Blood is. Like Flesh and Blood is very personal and I feel like unless you're like a diehard cinephile or like just like into that kind of like realism like type genre or like a fan of mark weber or, you know there's or, not really any mainstream appeal yeah like i feel like flesh and blood's probably got lost in the shuffle of the thousands of things that are available on amazon but i'm hoping or thinking this one should have more appeal a little more traction yeah cool uh when's uh did you ask dusty if he's coming back on the show 
I did not, but it sounds like him and or Mark would be down to do anything for the show as long as it works out their schedule. Dude, so. let's get let's get fucking Mark Weber. I know, here. right? We'll grill him. Talk to him about Scott Pilgrim. Yep. Green no, Room. Green Room. <laughs> How was it working with the master, Sonia? No. <laughs> um so that was Tribeca, right? Just those two movies. Yep, that's all I saw. Cool. Um would have wanted to see more, but lack of time. Also first time in New York City. Yeah, so it was either I see movies or I experience New York and so I did a little of both. You made the right choice. Yeah. There are actually Perfectly couple, balanced. Uh, there are a couple movies that premiered at Tribeca that are playing at Sit. So oh, I are there? check those out. Yeah. We'll see. Sif is right around the corner. Uh, literally starts next week. Oh, cool story. Well, to me at least. <laughs> <laughs> so the sound mixer for The Place of No Words, I talked to him at like an after party for a few hours. He has like... A few hours? Oh, dude, we went deep in the movie stuff. It was like... it. W- we were both drunk. It was the end of the night. It was like... You know, oh, we're both into movies. Just nerded out. Yeah, we movies. totally yeah. just nerded out. We we went deep, though, on movies. But he has, like, 70 credits. He did the sound mixing for Searching. He did the sound mixing. That's, like, his biggest credit. But he's done, like, a couple other indie movies. Like, there's one called Track Town that I've also seen. But it was just kind of weird and funny, like, going through his filmography on IMDb and be like, oh, I know of that. Or, oh, I've seen that. And... So we did that, but one of the one of his movies is playing at SIF, and also played at, or his other movie played at Tribeca. Tribeca. You're gonna plug it? Like, what's the what's the movie? I think it's called Olympic Dreams. It's from the director of Track Town, which I just watched a few weeks ago. Uh, it's got Nick Kroll in it. Ooh, I love Nick Kroll. Roll around the door. <laughs> um, Track Town was okay. It was very like indie and kind of personal but yeah this one's called olympic dreams and it's about a cross-country skier bonds with a volunteer doctor after her competition ends not interested no i'm gonna go see that for sure because it's gonna wear a blindfold just enjoy the sound mixing immerse yourself (laughs) (laughs) i did try and talk to him about what makes a movie with great sound mixing, though, like mm. trying to get some examples of mm-hmm. what he thinks is great sound mixing, just because. What do you say? He said Walter Murch is the guy. Anything Walter Murch did. The fuck is Walter Murch? <laughs> He's like a legendary sound guy. I don't know exactly what he all did, but um, I don't know. I feel like sound mixing or sound design is one of those like technical merits that are overlooked by most general moviegoers right even cinephiles i feel like that's like kind of a niche thing to like pick up on or like know a lot about sure yeah and when you're in that kind of industry i you probably like are hyper aware or hypersensitive to like the most like minute sound details that like would go unnoticed by most people right but it was fun talking to him i yeah and i'm uh Excited to check out his uh, new movie. Not that he's the centerpiece of it or anything. But <laughs> well, you made that connection. The fucking and... sound mixing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
that was Tribeca in a nutshell for me. Cool. How much more do you want to talk about? Because we're uh, getting a little late here. Um, do you have anything? Yeah, I'm going to talk about one movie real quick and then a TV show, which you also <laughs> tried started to watch today. Um, okay, I'll just finish really quick with what I want to talk about. Okay. Um, watch Blind for Columbine on the plane to New York. First time watch. Um, oh. Thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, probably just as important today as it was back in 2002 uh makes a really good case for why america should have more strict gun laws not going to get too much else into that topic on this here show (laughs) uh but i thought it was entertaining and pretty convincing never seen that one that's good. That's like the Michael Moore yeah. movie. There are some shocking facts in that documentary as well that I was not well that I was not aware of. Um, that I probably should have been aware of now that it's 2019 and that came out in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> Just some details regarding like Osama bin Laden and 9/11 and all that. Mm. I don't. We're not going to get into the conspiracy theories or any of that. I saw Vice. I know yeah. all of it. <laughs> yeah, I know the full story. Uh, I thought it was good. <laughs> the whole um, and complete truth. <laughs> also watched uh, Blue Chips, the basketball movie starring Nick Nolte and Shaq and Penny Hardaway, directed by William Friedkin. What? First question: Why the fuck did William Friedkin direct this? Um, Money. That's the only question. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. What? Uh, not a very good movie. I feel like a. May have been more impactful or better back in '94 when it was released, because the movie is essentially covering that like college basketball is kind of like a scam, or any like college sports are kind of a scam, and like it's all about like the money and the politics more than just like you know kids going to school. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. And that was probably more of a a shock or like not really a known topic back in 94 a little bit more provocative yeah and like the internet wasn't prevalent really back then but like nowadays like that's kind of like a known thing and like it's kind of old news at this point as sad as it is to say you know like it's kind of a known thing like the best players go to the best schools and they probably get bribed to do so and they're not compensated much at all for well they are but they're not supposed to be (laughs) well sure but yeah it gets into i guess both those dilemmas because there's kind of the both sides to it um real quick follow-up question was penny hardaway in the nba yet in 1994 or was he like a i don't was it like a ray allen in that spike lee movie type situation i don't know if this was like right before that or if it was trying to build on the hype because penny hardaway and Shaq played on the magic together back in the 90s and so they were both in this movie but there was a trade involved to get i think penny hardaway to the magic yeah before Wait, after Shaq played there. on the magic mm-hmm. i thought he, he was, was drafted dr- by the magic really mm-hmm. and then he spent he can't have spent that much time with that's the where magic, he made right? his name before he went to the lakers what Oh, well, okay. It was, guess... it was like a LeBron Kyrie situation, though. Like, they were both kind of too big for the team, and they both wanted to be the star, so they, like, disbanded. <laughs> Jokes on Shaq. Then he went and was on a team with fucking Kobe. <laughs> 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 then he went to the Heat and was on a team with Dwayne Wade. Yep. Fuck Shaq. But yeah, not a very good movie. J- 
just doesn't really go anywhere that interesting. And like, even though like the scope it covers is like pretty minimal. I don't know. I just felt kind of like a a nothing pointless movie watching it today. Yeah. But really weird that Friedkin directed it. I don't know. That is strange. What he was thinking or paycheck. Yeah, just paycheck. Just chalk it up to paycheck. <laughs> or maybe he was really passionate about NCAA basketball no. program. <laughs> the royalties for from the Exorcist weren't coming in as much twenty years down the road, so he needed yeah. to get that get that paycheck. Sorcerer did nothing Gotta for him. Gotta get that bread. <laughs> um rewatch Good Time, still a masterpiece. Uh watch Citizen Kane on the plane. Movies overrated. <laughs> What? <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna act like you didn't open up that whole can of worms because I'm open. It's up a week night, but can of worms we're gonna day. revisit that next time. Uh, not at all. What? All right, what, did you stream it or you watched it on a plane? You said watched it on the plane. Who the fuck watches Citizen Kane on a plane? Kane on a plane. You're giving you're giving Tom shit for watching seen Bumblebee it, on a plane. Seen it before. Doesn't matter. Movie is does not matter. Citizen Kane Ooh, is not overrated. overrated. It is properly rated. It is one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, some may say the greatest movie ever made. Which Citizen Kane? I think is hyperbole. Sure. Just like Endgame, you can't deliver on that kind of expectation. Greatest film. Ever made. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. No. It does. No. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Oh, I, I saw Family. The uh, I wanted to see that. Taylor Schilling. You should see it. It's, really it's gone. Good. It came and went. Bummer. Fucking endgame. Uh, so Chelsea and I went and saw this kind of on a whim. I saw it was playing like around here, and I wanted to check it out just based on the description of it. Um, but we saw it in New York to get out of the rain for a moment because it was pissing sideways. So you saw three movies in New York? I did. Dude, what a loser. You were there for what, three days? Yeah, essentially. And you spent like seven hours in a the movie theater? Nope. Uh, four and a half. They were all 90 minutes or less. For real? Mm-hmm. Previous, or roughly though. 90 minutes. Previous, though. Oh, we walked in right as fans. <laughs> perfect. Well, so it was, it was like literally pissing sideways in Times Square. Chelsea and I had already walked. It was walked. literally pissing sideways? Yep. What was? God. <laughs> <laughs> What movie did you see? Family. Dude, Tom's checked out. He's like, fucking Blazer game is on right now. I need to know. Dude, it's like over. Do they I still have to watch it That word to to literally will probably kill me on this podcast. Well, literally. literally. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, family. It, it was like pissing sideways in New York. So to get out of the rain, it was like, hey, let's go see a movie. And then you did. And we did. And, and then it, family. And it was great. Uh, really funny, um, pretty touching. It ends at the uh, gathering, the Juggalo Little Music in St. Clement Posse Festival. Have you seen the poster for it? No. Oh, well. Wait, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Harris Schilling, like standing behind with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's a, it's essentially about Taylor Schilling. She's kind of a shitty person. She gets asked to watch her niece that she doesn't really have a relationship with, and then they kind of form a bond and like you super know, an ICP. Things change, go people to change, things happen. Do meth, funny jokes, yes. Smoke cocaine, off drink the, some uh, chicks tits. What's it called? Fago. Fago. Yeah. 
<laughs> Good stuff. But no, it was actually really funny and um, pretty solid. Liked it a lot. That sounds like a cram to me. End of your cram. Yeah. Cram. I'm going to have yeah, a cram jam. Since you missed it. Come December, early January, cram jam. I mean, I don't know if it'll be like top 10 worthy, but I feel like mostly everyone would dig it. Cool. Um, last thing. Oh, last two things. Long shot. Saw that in the theater. Yes. Seth Rogen, Charlize Theron, romantic comedy. I saw your rating. I was disappointed. (sighs) I was disappointed. You also gave a poor rating to Blockers, though, and I like Blockers, so it's not going to stop. There were some funny moments. There was too many Game of Thrones and Marvel jokes in it. Oh, really? Like, like multiple anything any any number more than zero is too many, <laughs> but <laughs> there was at least more than one joke of each. Real quick, not to get off on another tangent, but what what movie was it? Logan People? Lucky in prison, the Game yes. of Thrones thing. Okay, you knew exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. Okay, because it was trash. <laughs> uh, anyways, I hate that. Like, can we just stop making super, like, obvious... Very timely. Yes. Dude, that's been happening forever. I know. But, like, wh- what did it start with? The... What was it called? 40 Days, 40 Night? <laughs> no. The Josh... 40-Year-Old Virgin. <laughs> no, it's the one with Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann. The family one. This is 40? This is 40, yeah. That what about it? <laughs> the Game they of Thrones the, reference? They did the Lost jokes the entire movie. They were doing like lost spoiler Dude, little pop culture references in movies didn't start with this is well, forty. It's gross. I don't like it. <laughs> Get it out of it. Okay? Yeah. There's not those jokes in um Kramer versus Kramer. Sometimes they're funny <laughs> if you're just gonna watch the movie the one time and never watch it again. Especially if they're timely. Yeah. Maybe they don't hold up, but I guess. Who, who cares? But anyways, right, just watch it the one time. Jokes didn't kill, even if you are a fan of Game of Thrones or Marvel. But you're not. Um, cool. No. I'm not. So who are you to say? <laughs> True. Uh, it just was... Like, people are saying it like revitalizes or reinvents the genre. Like It does none of that. It's no, a no, no, no. very typical rom-com. It's too long. It's two hours long. And most rom-coms should be n- around 90 minutes. Yeah? No. no? Most comedy. Hour 45. Minutes. Okay, well, this one was two hours, and it was too long. I don't know. I just felt like it could have been wrapped up. You know up what else is too a long? A little bit quicker. This podcast? This podcast. My rambling. <laughs> so are we on to the final one now? I'm trying to condense all of these. I'm just trying to give proper playtime to each of them. By telling us that the rain was pissing sideways. and I got to set up why I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so long shot, a little disappointing given the hype. But but solid, worth a watch. Worth, I okay, guess, I'll, I'll probably go. If see you it. like Seth Rogen, I yeah. love Seth Rogen. Yeah, Jonathan Levin, he did uh, Fifty Fifty the night before. Yeah, yeah, love those movies. Yeah. All right, the final. I, know. I could go deeper if we did a feature review on Long Shot. I'd give you the gift. Paid content, but we'll do it for now. For the sake of Matt and Tom, I'm gonna move on. Last thing I'll talk about is I saw Amazing Grace yesterday, and Dude, why do you mo- why do you move your mic and not your head? Not <laughs> <quite> <laughs> <over me. laughs> 
not my cup of tea. Not sure why I thought I would be into. Yeah, dude, this. you you like so much pre-cum coming oh, out of you for, for the amazing trailers. <laughs> That's what you were saying. practically ejaculating in my face. Dude, watch the trailer, Tom. It's this like, Aretha movie? Yes. Your the trailers. I didn't see the Aretha. <laughs> the trailers are essentially like. Is it Aretha Franklin you will singing find and you felt good? God, once you find this movie, a revelation, uh, a cream dream, like the the trailer. It's like worse than Hereditary or Us. Like as far as like trailer hype goes, I do not believe you. I will watch it. I'll watch, watch it. it. I'll watch it. But I just I can't. Fucking watch I can't it. see myself. I will watch that it if we move on now. We are watching the trailer after we hit stop on this podcast. All right, as long as we do it while we're waiting for an Uber. As long smoke. as it happens before nine thirty. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> I gave it three stars, mostly just to not feel like an asshole for rating it anything less than three stars, but like. Anyone, sorry, Aretha Franklin, but anyone singing gospel with just like static shots and just like trying to recapture the moment, just not for me. Just not for 30 year old white guy, Travis, non religious folk guy. <laughs> just not my cup of tea. Yes. So take that and see it or don't see it <laughs> but i was not a fan. i think i'm gonna decide based on the trailer <laughs> oh man you're you know gonna, what you're you gonna what? buy your ticket for tomorrow after you watch that trailer what you just said you know what it reminded me of what? it reminded me of uh i love you man when paul rudd is like he's leaving a message and he's like i will see you later or i will see you another time <laughs> <laughs> see it or don't see it ever <laughs> Okay, so let down. Yep. Not my cup of tea. That's how I'm going to phrase it. Okay. That'd be my pull quote. <laughs> put that on the poster. <laughs> Travis not Paul. my <laughs> cup of tea, but <laughs> others may or may not enjoy this. Um, For fans of Aretha Franklin, maybe? <laughs> not a fan of tea, but. Aretha Franklin? If you more like, tea, like Urethra maybe. Franklin. <laughs> All right, Tom. Have you been tapped out this whole time? Like, oh, yeah. you're you're good. Oh man. Yeah, dude. I okay. only saw fucking Endgame. Two things, real quick. Let's go. Knock down the house. Netflix documentary. Women in Congress. Mm. First timers. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. She's my hero. Big deal. Emotional. Amazing. Incredible movie. Kind of depressing, but also wonderfully filmed. Impactful. Go women in politics. Yes. Real quick, just yes. to slow it down. <laughs> I saw people rating this thing like crazy on Letterboxd. And I was like, what is this piece of shit? <laughs> I look, I click on it. I read the description. I was like, why hasn't Matt watched this? I click on my friends. Very mad. Watch them. I'm like, of course he fucking watched it. Political doc on a streaming service. Boom. Dude, I'm all about it. I, I can't find them. Like I've seen them all now at this point. I'm looking for more. And I can't find good ones. Uh, it, it was, it's quite good. It, yeah. made me, it honestly made me cry. Like, Better than RBG? I didn't see RBG, <laughs> but I'm kidding. It was it was good. It's uh, very much worth watching. The last thing I want to bring up, perhaps the greatest achievement in comedy in oh the past ten years. God. I'm talking. Did you see Doctor Steve Brule? Yeah, I've seen that shit. Way better than it's, what no, you're no, 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 
Oh. Sorry to Tom, did you watch any of I Think You Should Leave? No. I told Travis to watch at least the first episode today, and he did. Mm-hmm. He did not laugh once, according nope. to him. Hard to do, though. I did see the trailer for I Think You Should Leave, and I was confused. Hard to make me laugh when I'm sitting watching something by myself. Yeah, fair. But didn't find it that funny. Not really that interested to keep going. I've seen every episode at least three times. I think most of them I've seen four times. Mostly watched with Haley or by yourself? By myself, mostly. Also with Haley, but the first watch, all me. Then I introduced Haley to it, and she was like, "This is dumb." Is it like three bizarre sketches per episode or something? It's yeah, it's it's like four or five remind, sketches. It, the, I did watch some of it. What what are some of the sketches? In the first episode, the very first skit is the guy's at a job interview, and he goes to leave, and he pulls the door the wrong way, and the guy's oh, like, "Oh, it doesn't open yeah. that way." He's like, "No, no, I was here before it opens," and then he like yeah painstakingly pulls the door open. The hinges are popping off. Yeah, I watched that an episode, and funny. I thought it was I thought it was okay. God the the screaming damn it, on the plane, the screaming on the plane episode with um. Whoops, oh, with Will, Will, Will Forte. With Will Forte. So that's episode two. Did you watch that on the plane? Uh, no, Sarah and I watched it at the house. What's so did, this? I did like you watch the more one... than one episode then, because that's episode two, the Will Forte like vengeance on the plane. That was pretty funny. Did you think that was funny? Yeah, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I thought so. Just based off, I the thought first this one episode. was really funny where he eats the receipt. Yeah, see, that's oh. what I told him. He didn't think it was. It that started funny. out funny because <laughs> dude, it only gets better. <laughs> no. Like, it started out funny just because you can kind of, like, relate to the awkwardness that comes with, like, getting the gift a thing. gift to someone or giving yeah. a gift to someone. But, like, then it just, like, takes it, like, not even one step, but, like, ten steps. That's the genius of the show. Bart Harley Jarvis. Mm. The, the biker oh, baby. Oh, no, I didn't find that the funny. The people in the crowd, go fuck yourself, Harley Jarvis. <laughs> like, dude, I was fucking dying watching that show. Every episode is gold. Dude, so that show, or I should say that comedian, has introduced two important things into my like everyday vernacular. Every time I take a shit now, I tell Haley that I'm going to go drop a mud pie in the toilet. This is based off the show? Yeah, because that gift receipt thing, he was. <laughs> yeah. he, he, they say mud pie, also <laughs> took a slice of, a slice of toilet paper. <laughs> like, I just love how like quickly the people in the skit like adopts the weird language he's using because other characters start saying mud pie they start saying slice of toilet paper the other thing and it's actually from the show there's a show called the characters on netflix where each episode spotlights a different like comp comedian and it's like 30 minutes of just sketch comedy right but each episode is a different creator so he had an episode on that show and uh there's an episode you would probably love this get travis a guy walks into a gun shop and he's like trying out guns he's like asking the guy like oh can i see that one and he like looks at the camera and he's like well 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 if it isn't the waitress from the red robin who (laughs) yelled at me for leaving a paint job in the toilet in the bathroom you know like it's seriously like six or seven of those of him just various stories saying well different guns every time well 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 if it isn't the greyhound bus driver who blamed me for dropping a dookie like (laughs) so paint job that's another thing so basically poop humor you know mud pie paint job uh Slice Apparently neither of you are that interested, but I'm obsessed with it. I will continue to rewatch Should it. Should I 
Give it another chance. Well, I think it might be fun to watch together. The first episode, I think, is more fun of... than watching Mandy together. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> that wasn't that much fun. I don't. You probably weren't <laughs> high when you watched it, but it helps. Okay. Just because of the way, like, pretty much every skit is basically just an exercise and escalation. You know what I mean? So, so it's, a, it's a little bit funnier when you're under the influence. The, on, the only thing that really came to mind from what I have watched is Steep Rule. But I probably only find that funny with a group and a certain group. Like, if I watch that by myself, I probably wouldn't get into it or think it's kind of dumb. So maybe there's a redeeming quality to it that I'm just not, you know. It takes very specific, special type of humor to make me laugh by yourself. Yeah. Be into it. I'm kind of surprised you didn't think the skit was funny where the girls are like texting, like they're trying to make Instagram posts. And that that uh, woman from SNL was like hanging out with these pieces of hog shit. I just want a, a hog eating, co-, you know, where Actually, she's I like drafting all of them. Yeah. You didn't think it was that funny? Oh, I was dying. The no. Vanessa Bear one. Yeah, yeah, that's her name. Vanessa the Bear. closest things to funny was the beginning of the receipt skit, and then the door skit was kind of funny. <laughs> just just because I could see how like awkward and funny that kind of situation could be there's a skit where there's like a ranch uh like a a, a horse ranch this will be the last thing before we end it's like a horse ranch right and uh the whole skit is about how this horse ranch they breed horses with tiny penises so you can feel like you're the one that's hung like a horse because all the horse dicks are like human dicks because like the the skit starts and it's like a dude who's like riding horses with his wife and she's like wow look at the giant penis on that horse and he's like I want to go home now <laughs> <laughs> so then, then they breed horses who have little dicks basically it's, it's funny of action, horse but. dick I did see the Mustang in what a tangent mm. <laughs> no no I'm not, not gonna I'm not gonna go that far into it but was it good I, I heard it was great I liked it a lot. The, What's this movie? The cinematography. Whew. All right, I'm not going to let you talk about the Some movie. Special moments right now, other than to rank Lean on Pete, the Mustang, the Rider. Rank them. It's probably opposite order of you. Once, even after you see the Mustang, but it would be the Mustang, the Rider, Lean on Pete. So probably the opposite of me. Yeah. Although me, I don't know. Maybe I would like the Mustang, but uh, I think you would find the plot or like main story not that satisfying. Yeah. Which is ultimately the biggest issue I had with it. But everything else sings. Okay, that's Cram Jam, Oof. the Mustang, Matthias Schoner, Dude Rules. Oof. Okay, we're gonna call it. That is the end of this episode. However, before we leave, we got to hype up the next episode. Do you guys know what's coming? 60. <laughs> what? John episode 60, baby. <laughs> Two things. Pikachu. Detective Pikachu and John motherfucking Wick chapter three. three. Parabellum. Yes. Parabellum. Right? Parabellum, yeah. Did I say it right? No, you did. Yeah, Tom was making okay, a was joke. Like, Goddamn <laughs> Parabellum. Did I do it wrong? <laughs> it's going to be huge. Detective Pikachu looks amazing. You guys love that Call Me By Your Name clip I sent you. I didn't you. watch it. Yeah, you didn't watch, I watch it? it? I love it. Yeah, it you funny? should watch it. Does it spoil Pikachu? No. No. What? No. No. Does it spoil Call Me By Your Name? No. I've seen it. Anyways. It's going to be a banger. 
so apologize for the long delay uh, uh tom make sure you see both those movies yeah I, i'll I, definitely see john wick three oh, i know we P- gotta pikachu is like top of your list you know. do want to see Pikachu. i feel like i have to i don't really want the the previews are not making the, me laugh the child in you or just no i didn't do the Pikachu. uh the hype of i mean i didn't do pokemon <laughs> what i still do pokemon I didn't yeah, do them. Too. I didn't play any of the games. I didn't collect the cards. Oh my god! Oh, why World did you watch the cartoons? No, world did you live Not in? Really. <laughs> Closest I got to uh, Pokemon was uh, Super Smash Bros. on sixty four. Oh uh, sure. All right. Well, Tom waits. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Maybe it'll just be John Wick. But we should okay. off air solidify our plans. Let's do this. It, the time has come. We've been waiting for this moment for two years now. It's, yeah, it's gonna deliver. John Wick chapter. We're gonna watch John Wick three, and then Matt's gonna wonder how he ever gave Endgame five stars. We're gonna have to introduce some sort of like or, restructured yeah. review system. Or we're gonna have to add tears. <laughs> I'm gonna wonder how I ever gave John Wick two a four point five. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Should we should we do a, a marathon? One and two. I just watched two. Huh. Very fresh. Huh. I could go do one, but we did that right before chapter two. Matt yeah. and I did. Yeah, because you had still you pretty fresh. Really watch it. Oh, yeah. I did. I did a big old flip flop on the old John Wick one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is going to do it for this episode. Send us an email to cinephilesdigest at gmail dot com. Subscribe to our feeds. Like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, all that good stuff. We will be back in a couple weeks with a banger. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We shall return. Thanks. Bang. Bang.